Welcome to the Saints of City Me, the podcast delivering audio love letters to and from the city of New Orleans and its New Orleans Saints. I'm Dan, and as always, I'm joined by my mate, Mike. Um, today, we are <laughs> absolutely delighted to welcome... <laughs> you're waving like you're on the school bus. <laughs> Sorry. We're... That's all right. That's all right. I'll let you go. Uh, today, we are, we're really pleased to welcome our friend, uh, Corey. He is 33.3% of the 28-3 podcast. Um, great guy, Corey. Come, come have a chat with us. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's a, it is an honor to be with you, fine gentlemen. And uh, you know, it's it, it's great. I, I met you guys. Uh, it was fun meeting you all through that that initial initial with the draft meetup, with Adam and Ryan Saints Block Party podcast. And yeah. you know, I almost didn't come out that night because uh, you know Max you were, you, had you were already forced to by Max, weren't you? I, he just pushed me. You know, it was like in a good way because <laughs> I was yeah. perfectly. You know, with the draft, I'm always kind of like. It's typical Saints, you know. You're just like you have your hopes, and 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 you're just like you you have the guys that you would like to see them drafted, and 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 uh, and also you know my fiance was at a town that that night, and uh, you know my my ex wife and I would share custody, so the kids were with her, and I'm like you know I'm, I'm content to just be here on the on the couch, and I texted Max, and I was like, are you, so you going to that 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 meetup thing you you, you were telling me about? And he's like, yeah, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, well, this, this is what I'm doing. He's like, what the fuck, man? Come on, get out of here. And uh, he's like, just come. I was like, yeah, but I, I don't think I joined their, their Patreon yet. And he's like, just send them five bucks online, dude, and show up. I was like, all right, all right. So I did. Yeah, that's, met- unfortunately, that sounds very much like Max. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I just, even heard his hum. voice in my head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like I can the channel go- him at, at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what are you doing, Joe? The, go- the ghost of Max is never oh, far yeah. away. Yeah. Well, yeah. he isn't. Cause I think I sent last night when you guys were at the game and I sent a tweet out about the fact that literally I see Max now more than <laughs> I do see my wife. He's everywhere that. at the moment. That's, so, that's brilliant. Brilliant publicity. Yeah, so what's funny, a uh, little inside baseball on when you sent that, I was standing, uh, I was, the people that sit next to Max sometimes don't get there, uh, they're they're great Saints fans, but sometimes they don't get there till a little bit after kickoff, and so mm. I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to go to the game, because uh, my, my brother, who's two and a half years younger than me, uh, he's also, uh, I'm an attorney by trade in, in, in the States, and uh you know maybe of the barrister variety if it was over there in london but um he he's the same profession and so his boss has a nephew who just walked in one day and i guess the guy's kind of a high roller i don't know but he was like here's four tickets to the game you know and and mm-hmm. uh so my brother asked if i wanted to go if my fiance wanted to go so we walked in with max and uh my fiance had met us yet so max was like dude just hang here there's like two two empty seats or four empty seats next to him so when you sent that tweet, it was like right as the intros were going on and the mm. pregame lead up. I'm sure the TV production was going crazy with you know all the the streetcar B roll and David Changness and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, you sent that picture and I, and I was like, wait, that's not Max from tonight. No, they were showing an old uh, B roll footage of him. Yeah, and I was like. Dude, the one game I'm standing next to you, like they they show an old picture of you. They can't even, <laughs> like, yes. like, is it me? Is it me? Should Corey, I just not stand here? <laughs> Corey, so, Corey, clamoring for his one minute of fame. I'm like, come on! No, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, yeah, that's all so good. We, I'm, I'm not really gunning for it. 
Mm. We saw Max that week, and then last week against the Texans, our friend Graham from UK is a Texan fan. We see him mm. banging on the side in the footage, <laughs> and then we see Max again. It's like okay, every game we every game we watch, we see someone we know yep. slapping the sides and trying to but, cheat the team. The good, the, um, good, the good thing about that is that when we come over for the Bears game, even though we've got tickets already secured, myself and Dan will probably be able to get front row sideline for about eighteen dollars. The way they're going at the moment, so. yeah. Yeah, it should be you all good, Dan. We'll be there. Well, yeah, you you the shoulder. <laughs> take yeah, take take a moment and then uh just just hang out with Max pregame and and just yeah just just stand next to him until until the people next to him show up. <laughs> so, but yeah, but no, I I loved the uh, it was it was fun you know like meeting y'all and then everybody else that that was there that's you know in in the Patreon Discord group Saints Block Party podcast and then uh. Again, since I didn't really have anything to do that weekend when it was like the following night, which was mm. Friday night, and I was like, oh, we're going to Superior, Superior Girl to get some Mexican. And uh, yeah, even though Max wasn't going, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go roll with everybody. Why not? You know? Mm. And uh, now that was awesome as well. I really, you know, I really enjoyed like, that yeah. night, even though my heart was broken when we took Kendra yeah. Miller instead of Tati. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass. Corey, but when you turned up on, <laughs> on at the um, at the draft party, and the, and the thing about that is for me and Dan, obviously for for people who live in America, you know who who can experience the draft if they want in a way that that UK fans can't. You know, obviously sure. it it, tend, it tends to happen late at night, and me and Dan were super excited about being in America and, and being with football fans, Saints fans on the on the first night of the draft. So we're excited about, it, but. The bit about not blowing smoke up your, your trumpet is you turned <laughs> up and then the next day me and Tam were like, oh, God, he's such a nice bloke, isn't he? <laughs> and it was almost <laughs> like in despair. It was like, God, he's such a nice bloke. Yeah, and you were. You were genuinely, you just you just turned up with a group of people that you'd never met. You, you didn't know, obviously, apart from Max, maybe maybe out of some knowledge of others. But you yeah. were genuinely a really nice bloke who mixed, who sort of got into the fun of it and... Yeah, and it, it was a pleasure to meet you that night. It really was. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and and you know, I always like enjoy meeting new people, especially those from out, outside the country. And you know, and, and, and it's interesting to me. I mean, having grown up in New Orleans, been a lifelong Saints fan, uh, having known about you know known about y'all in the the general UK uh, group of Saints fans, and yeah. which seems to be ever growing. I love it. You know, as a New, as a New Orleanian. It's just the most amazing thing to have you know, this this one thing that is it's not family it's not work it, it's just that but it's still this thing you love in the in the saints mm. and and to know that there are people on another continent uh and hearing stories from y'all's podcast people that are willing to i hear this when y'all talk to guys that y'all have had on who are also from from england or, or scotland and they're talking about you know back when we weren't even that good and they mm. were going through these great lengths to watch yeah. games that happened days ago or pull up these these uh periodicals or check stat lines. I'm you know, I'm picturing guys with like the transparent green visors on, just just you know, checking away <laughs> at, the, yeah. at the at the stat lines. And I just think that's like the you know, we would it's been proven that New Orleans fans will go to any great length to watch our saints you know mm. so that's that concept is not foreign to me but the idea that yeah. 
people like yourselves and like your friends over there uh, just have the dedication. It, it's, it's, mm. you know, kind of like now I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but it's, you know, it's heartwarming <laughs> as a, as a new Orleans guy to, to be like, Hey, they, there's other people who are in this too uh, that sure didn't grow up here, but like y'all talk about on your podcast all the time, have grown such a affinity with the city itself mm. that it's just a, a natural uh, connection. I think it's me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it comes across like everyone we speak to, it's a similar sort of thing. It's sort of, they just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be dismissive of other fan bases, but I don't think I've come across anyone in the UK who's um, other than maybe Graham, the Texan fan, who is as passionate about the city their team are from as Saints mm-hmm. fans are in the UK. I don't hear people like, you know, who are Jets fans going, you know, you know, talking about like little neighborhoods they've been to in you know, Queens and, and, and whatever else. They just, I go to Manhattan and I go to the games. Whereas, you know, yeah. from what you've heard from us, like we, we'll venture anywhere in New Orleans, almost anywhere, yeah. um, just to, to experience, <laughs> experience the city and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not going up to, I'm not going up to Covington to see, I oh, know it's not really New Orleans, but to see, um, to see Eric. No, I'm joking, Eric. Well, you, oh yeah. Well, well Covington is actually where my, my fiance, uh, Lizzie is from and, and her parents live up there. So. I worked I, with the, the law firm I'm with. We have a Covington office and I was there for when I started with the firm. I was there for the first 10 months. And it's so funny because just the whole New Orleans area, you, you you have this outside. There's this outsider perspective of New Orleans equals Bourbon Street and nothing else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then people that come here, they realize, oh, it's not Bourbon Street. It's streetcars or it's yeah. oak trees uptown. Uh, but then you're like this. It's still not it. Uh, that's There's still more, yeah. you know, and, and so it's funny. You, when I being a New Orleans city guy, I got used to the bubble that is New Orleans. And I go to places like Covington that are just an hour away or 40 minutes away across Lake Pontchartrain. And I, I get there my, my first day of work, which is the first amount of significant time I've spent there. And I'm like, wait, this is just like a, a quaint, quiet, small town. Like, where's the noise? How is this situation yeah, yeah. happening this close to mm-hmm. New Orleans? And like, yeah, I think it's a great thing about Saints fans is that we, we have such a variety of fans. You know, you, you have... Guys like me grew up in the city, guys like Max, you know, and then you have your guys like my friend Ross, uh, who, you know, call him your the 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 inaugural 28 to 3 t-shirt purchasers club. <laughs> um, my buddy Ross from Nash, I mean he's from Homa, Louisiana. There it is. There it is. Got it I got the hat. <laughs> I got the I got the hats for sale too. This is the anyway, uh that's that's my plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice plug. Nice plug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh can't say much, you know, anyway, but, uh, Ross is from Homa. So he's, he's, uh, I think what people outside of Louisiana call Cajun, but he's really more down to buy you. And, uh, you know, but those fans, it's like, they're, they have a whole other level of saints fanhood where it's they'll tailgate for games. Like you would expect people to tailgate for a college game. Whereas me and Max, uh, our version of tailgating is going to different restaurants and bars or, or for, if it's, too close to the game or just going straight to champion square or something. And it was funny. I was in the, uh, when I was at the game last night, um, I was in the restroom and this, you know, it was after the game and this Jacksonville fan, he's taking a piss a couple stalls down or whatever. And he's like, man, this is the worst tailgating city ever. And I was like, you're kidding, right? He goes, there ain't shit for tailgating here. I was like, well, at least it's not Jacksonville. <laughs> you know, and, and uh he's like but y'all don't know about real tailgates i was like 
well, we, we just don't tailgate like 12 year olds. You know, we, we <laughs> like anybody can take a, a barbecue grill and, and an ice chest and put it behind their car and say they're having a tailgate, but no, we, we do things differently here. And if look, it's like, if yeah. it's not your cup of tea, then go back to your, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to insult any Jackson billions, <laughs> Duvalians. Yeah, just, just go back to the regular place you came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But it's like, you almost want to say to them, yeah, we're allowed to drink on the street whenever we want. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. You don't need a tailgate to an excuse to have a beer on the street. Whereas that's probably, probably what it is like in Jacksonville, mm. I imagine, and, or places like that. Yeah. It's just enough tailgate. There's, you know, I went to undergrad at university of Georgia. So, you know, I got to, I had to get away from the world for like four years just to see the world as I say it. And uh, yeah, the, the, we, our biggest rival is university of Florida and the game is played in Jacksonville every year. And so they call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party because, you know, the stadium is situated as one stadium could be in a city like Jacksonville, where there's nothing but just mass acreage of parking lots around the stadium. And so it's all filled with tailgaters and yeah. Okay. So like, and it's, and it's just that it's a, such a novel idea to people in that part of, part of the country to drink alcohol outdoors within yeah. city limits, not on private property. And, and so they, they, they're like, we're having an outdoor cocktail party. Woohoo. And, and but for <laughs> us, you know, it's, it's not that novel. We're just, it's much more of a flow uh, pregame at Saints games. And that's how I've always known it to be. I mean, uh, sure. People have their parking spots, but like, there's nothing better than, you know, you can talk to Max, like we'll meet up at Lucy's and, and have a drink there and then walk down Gerard street with our drinks that we haven't finished and go to a different spot. And, uh, and then eventually, you know, keep an eye on our watch. And, and when it's time to go in, time to go in, you know, it's, it's yeah. just more of a free flowing atmosphere. And it's great. I think it's great. Yeah. Absolutely. But you and get someone, the best of both. Sorry. I was going to say, you get the best of both worlds, don't you? Because obviously you can, if you, if you want the tailored experience, you can, you can have it. There are plenty yeah. of opportunities to tailgate uh, around the the sort of uh, radius of the stadium. But if you don't, and you can do exactly what you were saying that yourself and Max do, which I've done, I've done tailgating. I've been to I've bar hop before I've gone to a game. And that's the beauty of it, because you can, if you want, you can bar hop. And you're literally yeah. five, ten minutes away from, from where you're going to go and watch the game. In a lot of American cities you're about 25 minutes away from a stadium if you want to go to a bar so yeah, yeah. It, you know it, 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 each of their you go dave and busters if you want play some arcades <laughs> yeah I mean? you, the options are endless yeah i mean there's something for everybody we got there's a chick-fil-a down by the dome now so if you want to gorge yourself on some, <laughs> on some greasy chicken sandwiches you can do that too exactly. not on sundays though they're closed on sundays so never mind i might stand corrected but yeah you, you you sort of touched on the fact that yourself and Max were at the game yesterday, so I suppose that's a, a good introduction to talk about our, our beloved <laughs> Saints. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously, <clears throat> you you could in the end it almost felt like a heartbreaking victory, but to be honest, for a majority of the game, it was just absolutely awful. Um, yeah, that second half, maybe not all of the second half, but it felt like a, quite a lot of the second half. Things seemed to change, but you were in you were in the stadium. What was it like during that first half of football? Because it, watching it on a yeah. TV, thousands of miles away, it was dire. I mean, absolutely dire. And and we could hear on the broadcast the re, the reaction of the Saints fans the moment the first real mistake was made. 
Um, was it that? Was it as bad as that in the stadium? It was. It was worse. Yeah, it was worse. You know, it's kind of like the theme of this season. It can't get worse, can it? It's not worse. Yes. The answer is yes. If anybody says we'll find a way. the word we'll find a way. Can, can and worse with a question mark in the same sentence, the answer is always yes, at least this year <laughs> as proven. But yeah. no, it was, and I said it before the game, you know, and I mean, we're all on Twitter and social media and, and connected that way. And Twitter has been in utter shambles, uh, oh. starting with the Bucks game brief glimmer of hope with the Patriots game. But then as, as you've talked about, as Max and uh, Max, Nick and I have talked about in our pod, there's still saints fans that don't want to be happy. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that those fans should have said everything's fixed. No, but just enjoy a win. But there was still this air of, you know, are we okay? You know, and it doesn't seem okay. And my, my big thing for this team was I mean, there's a bit of believe it when you see it, but it's also, you know, it, it, my message to them, you know, like if I was a coach, which I'm not, but you know, maybe there'll be an opening mm. soon. But um, <laughs> there won't, there won't be, but, Corey. We know that. Yeah, <laughs> they won't do it. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, if you do something good, do it again. Yeah, you know they just mm. they can't seem to do that. Even on a, on a play by play level, it's like when they get a, a ten plus yard gain, the next play it seems every time is a is a two three yard loss. And yeah. and so with the I, so what I said before the game was, fans are restless. Um, there's so much negativity, animosity towards everybody's got their pet guy to beat up. You know, some people are yeah. beating up Da, some people are beating up Carr, some people are beating up Pete Carmichael. Uh, Max, is up, Max is beating up a yeah. <laughs> Um, Other people are too, but you know, everybody's got their pet person to beat up. And then some people are just like, it's all the above. And, and so I, I told uh, my friends before the game as, and Max said, you know, the, the booze are going to be on a really short leash tonight. And mm. uh, it, it's, it's only going to take like a three and out or, you know, a field goal uh, and the booze are going to start coming in. And sure enough, yeah. um, when we ended up in the red zone and, and had three just the first time we ended up in the red zone after Jacksonville went straight down the field. And, you know, I think, was that the, the trip? I don't know if that was a trip. We ended up with the ball on the five-yard line and just couldn't do it. And, it, it, and mm. you know, and every time you could just it, – it's not often – it's often where when you're in the dome, uh, you can feel the collective – desire that everybody wants the same thing like the same urgency to do something and usually that's just the very macro idea of winning the game this was one of the situations where you could feel everybody's collective desire to just see the ball cross the goal line yeah in a saints player's hands and 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 so it was like every single play that did not succeed the first time we got into the red zone you could just immediately after the ball fell incomplete or Kamara gets tackled and, you know, didn't get to the end zone. You can just hear people go, ah, you can just like hear the collective sigh Mm. from the entire stadium. And maybe, you know, I'm sure there'll be people like, oh, you're being dramatic. You didn't hear that, but it really was like, and so once it was confirmed that here comes groupie booze, just because like people Mm. felt like, you know, and look, field goals are not uncommon in the NFL, but like people just really felt like we kept, it was the same old shit. Again. Well, it's, it's, and so, it's, 
I think it's desperation stakes, isn't it? It's it's we we've this year we've been we're so desperate for just red zone success and touchdowns that ordinarily groupie coming on when you're seven nil down and he's gonna you know that that's normally that's not an issue. It's like all right, yeah, they've made the correct decision yeah. here, but at the moment the collective absolute desire just to see some red zone action and touchdowns means that fans are going to react like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame and, because I'm sure, yeah. you know, we can, we'll touch on it later about, you know, the kicker and the punter, but I'm sure that doesn't <laughs> help him either because he must feel that atmosphere as well. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. People are clinging on the, like, <laughs> to the point, like you may worry about people beating up different people. People are also picking and choosing facts and, and turning them into f- completely irrelevant facts. So I saw last week or maybe the week before people said, I can't believe that Blake Groupie is our highest point scorer this season. Spoiler alert, your kick is your highest point scorer every fucking season. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, I mean, well, our franchise you, leader in points was Morton Anderson. Yeah. For, like, and he might still back, unless, some, unless somebody broke that, but I, I can't remember, you know, but like, yeah, that's common. <laughs> if you go back, I, I, I looked at it, you got to go back to like, there's only one instance since 2000 and nine where the top point score wasn't a kicker and that was a year that Alvin Kamara was a top point scorer along with Will Lutz had the same amount of points and it that's yeah. that's where I get frustrated people like making their own facts up or well, no it's a fact and they're turning it into something that that is irrelevant but it meets their agenda um because yeah. mm. I, I'm one of the people that thinks is a is a bit of a perfect storm. There's a lot of things that aren't working and I I think yeah. if you fix one of them it's still not going to work because there's other things that aren't working. Yeah, um, I totally agree. The, the team is a long way away from, you know, and it's not to say, I don't know, Derek Carr is kind of proving me wrong here, but, uh, you know, it seemed like we had the guys. It was just a lot of different steps had to happen before we could be that level that we all yeah. thought we could be. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, – but I'll say this. Look, for – it was refreshing in the second half, though, because mm-hmm. I, I'm usually a very optimistic Saints fan. I'm usually – one who can be like, no, no, there's a way we can go. We can do it. We can still push through this, this, this can happen. And, uh, but that first half had me just so down on and the floor. It just like, I, it, cause it just, and especially that, that when we finally got the first touchdown, um, I could, it, it was unbelievable. We had great seats thanks to, uh, you know, my, my brother's boss's nephew. Um, but, <laughs> We were like kind of mid- midway up in the lower level, and uh, that first touchdown they got where they put Ke- Colin Saunders in at fullback, and it was just to my yeah. right. You know, we were about yeah. the 30, 35 yard line, and and uh, so it was, but it was uh, like you could almost see a physical wall at the goal line. You know, you just, yeah. you just like felt like you're watching a sci fi movie, and they had a, fo- a force field up on, on the goal mm-hmm. line. It was just like, you almost, and you know, we're us New Orleans people. Whether you believe in voodoo or or black magic or any of that stuff, you know, when you're inundated in the city with it, you're like, you're familiar with people saying it's a thing. And yeah. so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, did we just did, did did we get thrown? Did a hex get thrown on us at some point that I don't know about? Because mm-hmm. this is 
literally looking some like bad, too some bad Grigory coming on. It was looking too bizarre to be believed. Like it, it, it almost mm. it just like defied the laws of practicality to think that. But it was, like, how was is it, this possible? How can like yeah. you know ten thousand pounds worth of men not just get a little mm. tiny brown ball across that that yeah, yeah. when right the now. when the Eagles do it so well. <laughs> yeah, they found a way of doing it. Like there was that the one play. I think it was four attempts we had, and I think was it the fourth one with Kamara. You think it's through, and all of a sudden someone just stands up and just smacks into him, bounces off, and I was like, "Fucking hell, this isn't going to happen." It just, it, and I can get that whole thing that you're saying. Like, it just feel like there's something not right. Like four goes, and you've got Taysom Hill, and and things, and you still can't get it get it going. It's just so frustrating. It, it, it's got to be in all of their heads or something because it's like that, it's almost that, like you know yeah. I, I like to I like to play golf and it's almost like when you get when you get the yips you know you just yeah when you shank one you just like I freak out when I shank like when I shank one yeah. unexpectedly I mean if I haven't played in a while then I'll shank a bunch but like if I've been playing well and then all of a sudden it's like just get a like bullet out yeah. you know to the right that almost kills somebody I just I'm like whoa whoa okay that didn't happen that didn't happen because I know if I let that mental thing just sit in my head it's all i'm gonna be thinking about in the very next swing yeah. it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen again it's gonna happen again and look i've never played american football past the high school level so i don't know what it's like mm. for these guys if if things can get in your head to that level or not um but I, it just but seemed, I, I, it seemed I, like that yeah i i think i think you're absolutely right because that was the point i was gonna make i can't when you've been so unsuccessful in that, that area of the pitch, it cannot not be on your mind. I mean, I know, obviously, you know, as a professional sportsman and, you know, they obviously have, you know, they, they all have psychology experts and all those sort of things in the building. And But it just, it cannot not escape you when you're, because the pressure, we talked about the fans when they were booing and groupie comes on mentally, that just adds to it i think it's it must be the same for the offense the, they have been in the, i mean god the amount of red zone opportunities that they've had in the last sort of two games and you consider yeah. the points that they've made it's just it's for want of a better word it's disgusting i mean no top professional nfl team should be having those types of stats so i'm not surprised if it's in their head i mean on the flip yeah. side you sort of got that and yet again you saw it, Taysom's in, you know, you saw it earlier in the game in the first half that we needed seven yards. He gets you seven yards. You know, you need six yards. He pummels his way in. And sometimes you just think, how the hell does he actually do that? Yeah. But then you get to the red zone and, you know, we'll, we'll jump in ahead a little bit. When we think about, you know, where Foster, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, but also should have caught it. It was a catchable catch. Um, yeah, you didn't see Taysom, no you didn't see you didn't see Jimmy, and yet again, those are the things that infuriate. And I know in the presser, you know, it was asked of of Dennis Allen about that, and he said, "Well, that's a staff <laughs> decision." You know what I mean? I go fuck yourself. No. You're a head coach; it's <laughs> yeah. your decision. Excuse I mean, me, we're having pro we're having problems in the red zone. You need you know that six foot seven bloke over there throwing right. even as a yeah, fucking who's... decoy to to shit them up. To, to get him double teamed, whatever it is, do it. Yeah. If yeah. you put and in I, someone... Moreau, Mike Thomas and, <laughs> and Jimmy Graham mm. on those kind of scenarios, the defense could be like, fucking hell, one of them's getting it. And I don't know which one we've got a double team because yeah. if we double team, yeah. the other one's going to be free. 
yeah. And there's a couple of things, you know, like it's starting to, you know, when I'm the type of fan where in the off season, when, you know, when the deck, when the deck is reset and we've got guys like Mickey Loomis who are backed by Gail, Dennis, Dennis Lausha, when the deck is all reset, I still go back to the fact that like, not everybody agrees with this, but I still go back to the fact that like, if it's not for for Mickey Loomis, we don't have a Super Bowl. We don't hire Sean Payton. We don't bring in Drew Brees. And it's not just the Super Bowl. Like we had so many other successful seasons after mm-hmm. that and an NFC championship berth three years before that. And, and we have had the best by far era. I mean, of, of Saints football yeah. that anybody could have ever imagined in their wildest dreams of saints fans before that and so when people get on the management for wanting to hang on to the sean payton era i'm not saying they're right to do it i think it is time to do a whole reset to to finally cut cut bait but Mm. it's like i wanted to believe in dennis allen when the team said this is the way we're gonna go his defense did speak for itself so you're like okay well you know if we're going to be a team without a Hall of Fame quarterback, we may as well lean on the defense, and he's the defensive coach. So, like, I really wanted to get behind it, and I wanted to be a believer. And even after last season, I, I wanted to believe that it was the QB position. Everything else was yeah. fine. The defense was great. Olave is amazing. Mike Thomas is going to be healthy. A Camara is going to be healthy. Offensive line is all first-rounders. Like, everything made sense, and so I wanted to believe it. But then today – after i mean like it's like they said like you really can the test of a man is is who he is when the the chips are stacked against him and and who he is when he's facing adversity and when dennis allen's facing adversity and gets like probably the uh, gets the tough questions are finally being asked of him and he says things like staff decision yeah 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 yeah, no no man like it's like it's like i feel like when the teacher talks to the student, when the student's trying to get away with something, and then the teacher says, Did, do you think I'm stupid? Did you think what you just said was really going to get you off the hook? Because hmm. you got to give so, me the real explanation. And it's yeah. just it's, it's infuriating. There's a quote that uh, Rod Walker uh, put up that Dennis Allen said today. I've got it on my phone. Dennis Allen said, I've got to do a better job with our football team of making sure they understand how we have to play if we are going to have success. Dennis, you've said that every week in a different way. But what you're saying is my coaching and my coaching staff or a number of my coaching staff aren't doing their job properly. But you're just sprinkling a little colour glitter on it. But also Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen as a head coach has never had success. So quite a lot of the opposite. Yeah, exactly. You can, I mean, obviously as a, a DC, lots and lots of success and you know i i you know yet again i've seen people with certain opinions on dennis allen as a as a dc and you yet again you're like wind your neck in because you're now because yeah, of your dislike yeah. for him as a head coach you're on, it's now starting to color every aspect of him as a yeah. as a as a coach don't yeah don't your neck in, that ain't right yeah, yep. yeah. i mean he's he a good defense coordinator he is yeah but also, yeah. going back to what you were saying about where you were saying you want, you know, you wanted to believe and stuff. 
hindsight yet again what a wonderful thing because you know we're all on twitter we all see saints twitter 70 or 80 percent of people if not more in the off season were really happy with what the what the team had done in the off season a lot of people i mean obviously there were some people who weren't happy with the car um signing obviously that might appear to be actually the right thing now but confirmation bias yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but most people in the off season were yep i like what the i like what the front office have done yeah i'm happy that car's in all of these sort of things so and yet again everybody was sort of on that bus of yeah yeah i think this could be the cube we were missing the qb he's in hey look just need an average qb that's what we said just an average (laughs) qb it'll be fine but then that gets to the point of what what do we think it is because yet again, I think Dan, you were touching on it. Everybody at the moment has somebody to dislike, you know, whether it is, mm-hmm. you know, Pete Carmichael, whether it is Dennis Allen, whether it is Carl, whether it's a larvae, whether it's the O line, whether it's so where are we? Is the I think is the question. Where where do you think like, we are? It sounds like a cop out, but I genuinely think it's it is the sum of the parts. Yeah. I do. I do. So I've started rereading Jeff Duncan's book, Peyton and Breeze. Hmm. And when you read it and you see the cast that Pete Carmichael was surrounded by when they were planning for the week, looking at what they were going to do on offense, he had uh, Joe Lombardi there. He had Drew Breeze. He had Sean Payton. The, the list of people that was there that were all supporting it and all a collective team making those decisions. And Sean would then sign it off. Carmichael's doing that on his own now. Yeah. And I and, think the safety and it's gone. That you have. I think, yeah, he was, and we've talked about this a lot, uh, whether in our podcast or on Twitter. I know Adam and Ryan have mentioned it a lot. At first, people kind of seemed to downplay the whole, you know, when they said, oh, he didn't want the job. Yeah. But he's the best option. There were, I think there were people, ha- some people said, yeah, that's bullshit. We shouldn't give him the job to somebody who didn't want it. But then there were a lot of Saints fans that were like, it's you, you get to become an NFL coordinator. Like that's an honor. You're you're one step away from being the head coach. Like you're uh, you know, like you're second in the line of succession. Like like it you don't get a choice. If you're if you're offered it, you take it. And and he'll be fine. Like doesn't even if he doesn't want it, it like he's he he's the best thing we have to this offense, or you know, like uh, he's the one that holds the keys to the 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 offense that we know and love, the Sean Payton offense. And and we thought he held the keys, but the, the locks have been changed. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's like, and, and the fact that he doesn't want the job is now speaking volumes. When uh, Rod Walker tweeted out earlier today that Ronald Curry gave the halftime speech yeah. to the offense. It's like, okay, well, look good for you, Ronald Curry. I'm glad that somebody tried to, you know, light a fire under their ass, but you know, Pete Carmichael just, you try not to jump to conclusions. You try not to judge a book by its cover. But, you know, when you see his demeanor on the sidelines, you see how uncomfortable he is speaking in public. Yeah. Um, he just seems like there's nothing wrong with you as a human being. If, if you just happen to be an introvert and socially a bit, you know, re- reserved, that's fine. Like on a human being level, you know, do, yeah. you do you, man. Like it's fine. Like, you don't have to be the life of the party. But if if your job is to be the head coach of the offense, you know, part of being a head coach or a leader of any significant group of individual, you know, 
males that are between the age of 21 and 39 years old is, is to lead them and to mm. speak truth to them, speak power to their mm. abilities. And, and he doesn't, he's clearly uncomfortable doing that. I mean, he's good yeah. at the X's and O's allegedly. Um, yeah. But it's like, it just, it just makes you uncomfortable as a fan when you see a guy who's supposed to be a leader of one entire side of football, just to completely crawfish back or you know, yeah. go into his, go into his turtle show. And it's, but then, yeah. but you, you've yet again, you touch on the presser there and it's, you know, every presser now to me, Pete Carmichael is almost dealing with it like a politician. He's got, he's, it's like, you know, he, he's been told what to say. He's got a set answer for everything. And yeah. it doesn't matter what the question is. His answer sometimes doesn't actually make sense compared to the question that he's asked because he's actually just been told. Well, I'm not saying he's been told, but I'm with you. His pressers are so uncomfortable because you know he doesn't want to be in the spotlight. You can just see it. He's not mm -hmm. a comfortable person in that situation, you know. But that's a little... Touching on the point that you made earlier, where obviously we, you know, we we all heard it, you know, yet again when we were watching the broadcast over here, and there are a couple of guys who I'm in a in a WhatsApp group, and literally at the very same moment we were like, did they just say that he did the halftime talk to the offense? <laughs> um, yeah. But the thing that I would say about that is, and I don't know if we can correlate the two, the offense in the second half was far superior to what the offense was in the first half. So yet again, do, does he make, because we know if there's going to be a change, it's going to be, Pete's going to go sideways. He's not leaving the building. He'll go sideways and, and Curry right. will come in and maybe do that job. So, you know. I, I asked a couple of people, I said, Carmichael was still calling the plays the second half. It wasn't. Yeah, oh, no, no, I, I, I don't doubt that. I just think, Curry voicing his stuff at half. Oh, he, maybe he galvanized them a little yeah. bit the, the team yeah. because they they felt that he was delivering a message that they that resonated with them. I was going to say, you know, and, and to the to the point, and Derek Carr being a factor in in this as well. Um, yeah, Derek Carr put up what two two nine five yesterday. Three hundred one, I think it was. Uh, that yeah, he run that included yards. a five six yard. Oh run. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. What did he get three three nine five last week against the Texans? Yeah, seems to be seems to be okay getting downfield to the red zone. Gets the, as yeah. we said, red zone. He becomes impotent. To draw an analogy that uh, Corey brought up earlier, in golf they say drives for show, putts for dough. Well, yeah, Derek Carr can't putt for shit. And he's not even four putting because he gets four attempts at the red zone, which is the yeah. green, and he can't fucking get in there. So yeah, they need to get him. He needs to work. If it was me, I'd be like red zone practice all week because that's where yeah. the floors are. I mean, have, have you all seen the movie Happy Gilmore? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It was now that you bring up the golf analogy, watching them try and try and try and fail was like the end zone was the clown on the putt putt course, and. Yeah. Every time they putted that ball, the clown just spat the ball back. It was like, hoo -ha, hoo -ha. and you know, I guess Taysom Hill was the one that said you're going to die, clown, because he finally got in. But um, you know, it was, it was, oh god, yeah. yeah I mean, Carr, the thing, yeah. I think Carr is an issue too. I think you know, because there's a lot of people. Absolutely. I wanted to defend him. Uh, I did not because of who you know he is as a person or or anything like that. I just you know. As a football player, I, I believed that the end of his tenure with Las Vegas was uh, 
result of a uh, toxic franchise situation. And, you know, I bought into that and wanted to believe that, you know, his, the production he showed under his time with Gruden and, and his, you know, the kind of like the middle era of his career was really the, you know, you want to believe the best, of course. And, and, yeah, and I yeah, thought yeah. That, that was the, that, I thought that was the car that we could get, get out the, of. That was his ceiling. And could we get that? Could we, yeah. yeah. And he might be more. Just give more, Derek Carr defense. That's what we kept saying. Derek Carr have a yeah. good defense. He'll be fine. And he's clearly a more, I, if I had to guess, mentally affected individual than we had hoped. Mm. You know, Breeze just, nothing could get in between his ears. He's so yeah. focused on the task at hand, not saying cars not focused on task at hand, but you know, in, in, in their focus, like breeze, you, you couldn't get inside breeze's head. You know, you just like, it's kind of like you would see with tiger woods on a, on a golf course. Uh, the ultimate competitors are like that. Tom Brady was like that. Um, I saw, you know, I saw tiger Woods in person once at the Bay Hill when I was in college. And uh, so this would have been in 2000, Six two thousand seven when he was almost at the peak of his powers, and was he chatting up a blonde? Uh, I think uh, before <laughs> he started right. walking yeah. from yeah yeah. yeah um yeah, but he just had that focus in his eyes. You know, you, you can't really see your football players up close, and that's why I bring him up because uh, I've yeah. never been able to. You'll never be able to get five feet away from Drew Brees when he's in a football game. It's not possible. But if, ultimate better like tiger it's just like their eyes are just so focused like you try to give him that mm. you try to hit, give him a high five and he just doesn't it's not gonna happen because he's just zoned in yeah and so you know you need that out of your qb and i think that that is something that clearly Derek carr doesn't have because at least it hasn't shown it if he had it it's not loaded in the program right now um yeah. but there's very few qbs in the modern day nfl i think that are like that i think the days of having guys like brady manning uh, Drew Brees, even Rodgers is a head case now. Um, it's like, I, I, Caleb Williams is asking for for ownership money. Like even the guys yeah. coming, down, coming down the pipe, yeah. like it, <laughs> who? It's just the QB position is all is dare I say like in a crisis right now. And I think Derek Carr is one of the is kind of showing you how he's not uh, may not be mentally equipped to like drown out the noise to just <clears throat> just go out there and ball. You know, it's, it's yeah. not looking natural. No, and 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 yet again, look, I, I know you're saying it's collective, Dan, and you know it's a sum of the parts and all that thing. But the, the bottom line is, I think, I think last night's reaction in the dome, especially to the first half, in a weird way, because I, you know, I saw a couple of people who said that they wanted the Saints to lose, which I I messaged to you as well, and <laughs> that that infuriates me. It yeah, absolutely can't, infuriates can't do that. me. You can't because they they that they were just out, you know, straight up. I want them to lose, and it was like uh, that's not me. The thing that when they were so vocal and booing in the first half because the first half performance was disastrous, there was a part of me which was quite happy about it because I thought because I yet again, Corey, you you could probably talk on this. There was a lot of talk about people just leaving, you know, in the the moment the, the moment the interception happened, people just got up and left. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think Jason and, and Patrol, yeah, left. so part that coupled with the fact that the fans are so vocally sort of booing their own team. So I was sort of thinking, well, you know, I don't want my team to lose, but that's probably not a bad thing because maybe, maybe somebody in the front office will hear that and think, ooh, we've got a real problem now. Um, because yep. you know, it, it, 
it's sometimes you just need people at the top to hear that dissatisfaction, you know. Um, but it's interesting you, you because look, Mrs. Mrs. B's <laughs> pulled the trigger on enough coaches for the Pelicans. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, maybe you need the, that mentality to come across. Yeah, yeah, I think you know the Saints are like that uh, first child. Um, yeah, and that's, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the the nice car in the garage. And then for, I, I don't know what it's, but the, you know, Pelicans. for those people out there that do own two vehicles, not, not like me, um, that, you know, they've got their, their baby, you know, that they're going to yeah. treat perfectly. They got their other one that look, it, it, it does a good job. It's not a bad car. And every now and then it, it, it's fantastic and you're feeling it. But, uh, when one of them needs an oil change, you're going to go to the first one. Yeah. Miss, yeah. Miss, that that Miss second one, you're more likely to take down a pothole street. Well, the, from a franchise point of <laughs> yeah. view, I, I don't think Mrs. B has got a third child, but the way that she <laughs> treats the Pelicans is definitely the way you treat your middle child. The middle <laughs> child is the one that you forget about because yeah. your first child's always going to be your first child and your, 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 your third child, if you've got three, is always going to be your baby. So yeah. at the moment, yeah. the, the Pelicans are treated like the second child, which is like, meh, they're my child. Well, see, they, um, they should have they should have done what I would like me and had twins and, and twin yeah. daughters. With that. So you know they're both they're both your 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 girls and they're they came yeah. at the same time. So they're you, you're they're very much the equals, you know. And Getting the balance. If if only our New Orleans franchises were twins, you know, it'd be, it'd be a lot better. And, <laughs> hey, we, we 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 veered off that. I mean, it it was the, the thing yet yeah, again, touching on the whole performance last night. The, the second half performance was better. Now we don't know why that was. Obviously, they were in they were in hurry up mode for a lot of that, and it really worked. And yeah, that sort of begs the question: at that point, is that car that's dictating that, or is that Pete Carmichael? Michael? Right. And yet again, those are the things that we don't know the answers to, I've, because it I've looked heard, good. Yeah, yeah. I was Sorry, gonna say, I heard you... different reports. No, just different reports that it you know it seemed. It makes you think when you're doing a hurry up that the QB is calling the plays of the line. But yeah. then I've also heard things that uh, the, in the second half, they've told Carr to stop checking out of the play that was called. And okay. he ran more of the play that was called. Yeah. So it, it goes back. We say it on our, on our podcast a lot. It's like, we, we don't know, you know, like we, no, no, no. we could, it's, but we're going to speculate. It's not going to stop us. Yeah. From guessing. No, and it's ex exactly <laughs> yeah. why I, that's exactly why I yeah. asked the question because I don't yeah. know. So I'm, you right. know, it's, but also, you know, if it is that where, you know, it is the fact that actually just stick with the plays that you're told, then it, it can work. And and that's a small yeah. crumb of comfort to people. But look, well, something no. needs to happen within the, within the mm. building this week, I think just whether it's, you know, you had the talk about obviously Alave and Carr don't get on. Um, yeah. My eyes as a 52 year old man is, Go and sit yourself at a fucking table, have a chat and sort it out, you planks. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that it shouldn't be the case, should it? It shouldn't be that two people who are obviously, you know, especially one of them in Olave, who I think is stupidly talented. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had that thing, didn't he, after the, was it after the Bucks game? Where he sort of admitted to sulking a little bit. And yeah. um and the people around him, his friends and family, sort of almost bitch slapped him and said, sort yourself out. Like his right. own people said to him, I'm sorry, that's not the way you go. Since then, it it's sort of been getting 
worse and worse. So yeah, but my, even yes. even Da threw Da threw him under the bus um, today yeah. and said that yeah, yeah. pass was all on him. I watched Dan on whatever his fucking name is, Ornsky. Yeah, yeah, Ornsky. Oh, Alaska, yeah. Olaski, and he was basically saying, you know, this route, you are not expecting to receive the ball on this go route because Taysom yeah. Hill was the intended receiver. And I think yeah. Carr just decided, I'm going to, I don't care what they've said, I'm going to launch it to Alave. Because I'll tell you something, we talk about Taysom Hill taking a lot of, not Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston taking risks with Hollywood passes. How often does Derek Carr try and fucking launch it downfield? I don't know if that's the play yeah. that's being called or whether he's just moving away from the hot route and going, I'm just fucking going and yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. the Hollywood pass. That's been a surprise because one of the things that we as fans thought we could look forward to out of Carr was the opposite of Jameis, that he's known for throwing mm, at tight yeah. ends. He's known for throwing across the middle, yeah. check downs. But I mean, he, he's played some, he's played a lot of hero ball this year. Yeah. He's yeah. played a lot of like, I'm going to go for the jugular. And look, it's great when it works. It's nice. But yeah. it, but when it it's you know unsuccessful, and Nick Underhill had a great article today about, or maybe posted it even last night, late, uh, early morning for you guys. But when uh, he's like, we have thrown an ungodly amount of fade routes throughout yeah. the entire year, mm-hmm. and it's almost turned into a perfect metaphor for the entire offense because it is a fact how low percentage of a play it is. Yeah. But we I, keep I, going. We keep going to it. And I saw, I saw, I saw something that Mina Kimes put up where she, I think, uh, I don't know if it was recently, but she'd done an article with, I think it was Calvin Johnson, who was the king of of that, that yeah. route. Um, but even he was like, I think it's something like five. It was a tiny percentage, five point two percent of them work. Now yeah. it's a it's no it doesn't look it doesn't work anymore and obviously I think Drew was right. like pretty spectacular at that that but it doesn't work yeah. anymore and why the hell it's a high percentage for us I have no idea and therein lies yeah. part of the problem it's like what's going on in the building mm-hmm. it's just you know it, it, if it's, you just if you if you look at analytics and it's telling you those things don't work don't do them it, I think it just comes back to you know you have to blame like. If there's someone who's like a feet on the ground level person and they screw up, you do have to put blame on them for not doing the task assigned. But then you look yeah. above and who mm. put that person in that spot. Now, did that person screw up by putting the guy in the spot that was likely to screw up? And then what about the person a level above them? So that's why we're in one of these situations where you want to blame Carr, you want to blame guys like Alave for not getting yeah. effort. I mean, I do anyway. I mean, I'm not blaming all of it on Olave, but I think it's when you see a guy, you know, if Olave were to go down with an injury, we would say, mm. damn, that's that sucks. We're going to be without our basically yeah. most talented wide receiver. Yeah. Well, when you take yourself out of a play, you're basically injured. You know, you, yeah. I mean, people might disagree with that take, but like if, <laughs> if you're not running the play assigned, then your position your assignment may as well just not exist given the way that mm. Carmichael's offense is designed. Yeah. So you're, you're as good as injured. You're as good as out. And, and so but if you, you're out effectively on so many different plays, then that, that hurts. Now that the QB thrown to you is throwing the ball in the, in a bad place. Now your problems compounded. Um, yeah. But also you're when you're doing that, you're, 
you're giving opportunity to the defense because if they see you sort of bail out the route mm -hmm. like quite early on you're not a problem so you know whatever I, you know i'm no expert me and dan I'll always say this that this, <laughs> this hey look Corey, this is the most we've ever spoke about the Saints. So, hey, look. I was about to say, having been a, a listener, <laughs> I think this is all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, but when you bail out of a route like that, like, it, depending on what the route is, like, the you know, if you've got, if, if there's a safety who sees that, they instantly know that they need to concentrate on something else. So you're actually, you're, you're giving opportunity to the defense if you're not right. going 100% with it because, you know, the players, it's all mental, isn't it? It's all eyes. They're told to everything's about the eyes. And the moment you see something like that, you know that's no longer an issue. Let me look elsewhere. Um, mm -hmm. and that, yeah. But, Dan, do you think we should move on, mate? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done. I was going to, uh, before we get into... Uh, yeah, 52 minutes. Fucking hell. <laughs> this is a Saint City and football podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Saint, Saint, Saint. I was going to, uh, before we get into into the other stuff with Corey, I was going to, uh, and a personal highlight for me this week. Uh, last week, the Around the NFL podcast did a London show. So they're on oh, stage yeah. Mark Sessler, yeah. Greg Rosenthal, and uh, Dan Hansis. Greg Rosenthal says he's surprised by how many Saints fans are in London and in the audience. And that huh. there's even a UK-based Saints podcast, ah. which is this podcast, because the old podcast that um, a friend of ours, James, used to do is now the is merged with the Dome Patrol. Okay. So Dan Hansus asked the audience, because it was a live show, are, the, uh, are any of the guys from this podcast in the audience today? Silence, because... We wasn't there because we couldn't go. <laughs> Dan Hanser says, well, fuck that podcast then. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, cheers, Dan Hanser. You could have at least yeah. named us when you said fuck us because at least we would have got some yeah, free yeah. PR from it. Wow. Yeah, like, yeah, trying, yeah. To get the, trying to get the max PR from the T-shirts in the stands. Couldn't yeah. even name us. Fuck just up. drop the name. I mean, if you want to <laughs> exactly. throw an expletive before it, you know. You could have made yeah. a T-shirt that said "fuck Saint City and Me." Like, yeah, exactly, would have been amazing. I might make what? that. I might make that T-shirt with Dan Hanser saying "fuck that podcast." And then you could. I don't, just... If I'm honest, I don't want that cunt on a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? Um, I was going to sound clip that. I was going to clip it and tag him. I can't now, can I? I think I heard. I think oh, I heard can, that in New can, Orleans. You... It just that came through. I think, I, to be honest, I think Dan would appreciate that because he's been over to London uh, enough times. He knows what we're like. Probably. Um, yeah, yeah. Right, I Corey, just wanted to let, get that off my chest. Yeah. No, 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 you should. You were quite right because we, we were when we when we heard it because it was actually on their podcast. Um, when we heard it, That's... we were quite disappointed they didn't name us. We would love mm. to have, we would love for them and say, Fuck the Saints City and me. It would have been yep. wonderful for us, but hey, I, I see y'all <laughs> starting like that. What's that that video with the with the they put the voices over the dogs like, Fuck you, fuck you, like, <laughs> yeah. just going back Excuse and forth. You. <laughs> I mean, that oh, seems like a very video, British. Way. Oh, oh, it's amazing! Video. I'll be a very British <laughs> thing to do. You better not say anything about my mother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. anyway, let's let's get into the real the real good stuff. Yeah, real good stuff. All right. So, Corey, you're 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 from the city. Your family, your family have been in the city for a number of years, haven't they? Uh, how how yes. long have your family been in the city for? Um, I'll start on the short end with my dad's side. They, my grandparents 
dad's mom and dad moved from Ohio uh, when they were just married. Um, on my mom's side now, uh, my great-grandfather was born here in 1897. Um, I can't recall if his... No, you know, his father was born here too. I forget his birth date, but, um, you know, it, and it, it's a funny, like my, my, the, my, uh, my great aunt on my mom's side, my grandfather's sister and my mom's maiden name is, is Christianberry. And, uh, if it sounds familiar and, and I was going to, I haven't mentioned this to y'all cause it's kind of hard to figure, to explain over a Twitter message. Cause obviously communicating yeah. with y'all across the, the ocean or whatever, but she did a huge deep dive into genealogy. Mm. And uh, so I think my family has been in New Orleans since 1800, but this just gives me a little segue to get into this with y'all. So yeah. maybe it's one of the reasons we get along so well, because uh, I, at my most core am uh, English. Mm. So my, we tracked it back to where my great grandfather times eight uh, arrived, went, uh, was born in uh the Kent region, uh, Canterbury, yeah. and uh, came over from there to Virginia and uh, landed in Virginia. He was born in, in Kent in 1600, landed in Virginia in 1624. And uh, he was the only one, the only male from his family to actually make the trip to the, the New World, uh, yeah. to the states, to the colonies back then, and uh, had... Had a son in uh, 1627, and they're off. Went my mom's side of the family in America, and uh, you know my, my direct descendant, my direct ancestors, ascendants went from Virginia to Tennessee, and then eventually down. Uh, my great grandfather or his father may have been the first one to get to New Orleans, but uh, but there's you know I'm direct uh, Kent. England. You're a cousin. I, you're a cousin, mate. I've got to be related, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah one of them. From me. Yeah, exactly. Probably with Dan. I, I, to be honest, your your granddad, eight times removed, is probably from Romford. Um, that, that could be. I'm really happy. That would make <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Originally from Romford. <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> England or the London area seems so similar to to New Orleans because there's such a context of just saying an area's name. Like if anytime I hear. Londoners talk about uh he's from whatever ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm, and it's like uh, and then there's always like a oh, this is that kind of guy, huh? Yeah, and, and like London, the... London's very sort of regional, isn't it? I mean, it's it's yeah. normally yeah. split into the context very easily of south, north, west and east London. Um yeah. and that's that's the easiest way to explain it. And it's and it is funny because all four of those are very different. But that sure. that's that's predominantly because of obviously migration, um, yeah. And migration yeah. And has sort of coloured the sort of four quarters of London quite differently. Sure. Uh, I, yeah, I, Lizzie and I intend to make a trip over there because I really do want to. Because I I also found out that um, I mean within the next couple of years I would say, but um, we also found out that one of I guess call it great grandfather times nine or ten, one of the ones that <laughs> died in England. And it's crazy the connection they drew is buried at in the graveyard at uh, St. Alphage uh, Cathedral. And so I got to I got to go make a trip to, to Simo, yeah. Simone Flesh of Blood at a historic site. Exactly. Right? 
yeah, yeah, exactly. but but anyway so that i figured i'd at least let y'all know that that there's there's yeah. english roots so there's there's a connection <laughs> um yeah, I, but I did a, I've, I've done my tree going back and i found uh some along the lines i've got uh puritans so they went huh. over to like new york new england region but the fucking cowards only stayed for one generation and fucked off back to england yeah <laughs> So it was a good, <laughs> was a good hack it. So then I, I was wondering whether I could claim my my residency through that. Go look if you go back. One of them was born here, but yeah, they, they yeah. came over. They always and they're Puritans because they were names like Hope and Chastity and all, all stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I knew straight away. Um, but yeah, they went over, lived in one generation, lived in, and they came back. So they obviously couldn't hack it. New York. Yeah, I, I had a, I've I've got a like one of my best mates growing up did the same sort of thing and. Um, he only got, I think it was only sort of one and a half generations back and it ended up in exactly the same village in West Ireland. 97.3 of him was from there and he didn't bother looking anymore because literally it would have all been there. And I think you know where that would have went. Sounds a bit so, yeah. Sounds a bit, <laughs> yeah. Sounds a bit like, like certain yeah. parts of the... Yeah, careful, careful what you wish for. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think my dad's side... season one. Yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad, you know, my, my name, my last name being Mall, M-O-L-L, uh, my dad's side, it, it uh, I, I know there's an island off the coast of Ireland, Isle of Mull, M-U-L-L, and as we know, surnames tend to change, and thinking maybe yeah. there's an Irish connection, there's a, there's a land formation over there called Mall's Gap, but Mall was like the nickname of like the village, crazy woman, basically, so it might be one of those things where like, I don't want to do much more digging into that no 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 no. <laughs> yeah it's like leave it is, that either but it's called english other, on mom's side Irish yeah, the, on the other, other side the other side you know. your mom's side yeah you're happy with that leave the rest yes. of it mate yeah just yeah. leave it, it it's, it's not, a, work, it's not I, I, I would say mo is irish you yeah, might you're yeah. putting more better authority on this than i am but no no because oh, oh. it sounds gaelic so i, I think yeah, you're right yeah um yeah so yeah so probably anyway, but, um, but anyway so that, yeah. that's what you get out of a, a quite he asked me how long you've been in new orleans i'm like oh my family tree of course here you go <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the saint city and genealogy yeah yeah um the saint city <laughs> and me plus three um yeah <laughs> but, and anyway. that's just your mom yeah yeah just the mom's yeah. side but anyway but no i grew up you know so family's been there for a while um my so my my saint's fanhood uh, you know well, the benefit of, of the family being from there for a while is that I was brought into the Saints uh, when I had no choice but to be brought mm-hmm. into the Saints uh, when I was two and a half years old. I mean, I was brought into them from birth, let's be honest. But yeah, uh, my grandfather, um, he passed away in 2014 uh, at the age of 82, 83. Um, but, you know, he was born in 1930 and became an attorney and everything and uh, ended up being an original season ticket holder. Um which I guess doing the math, I haven't really done the math in a while, but he would have been about my almost my exact age. He would have been 37, yeah, I'm 38. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. he became an inaugural season ticket holder. <laughs> and uh so he's been to he went to every game. Now he missed some games, but I mean he's had season tickets from 1967 until he yeah. died in 2014. And it so happened that in the 70s. Uh, as he progressed in his legal career, one of his biggest clients was John Meekham Sr., whose son was our first owner. And so (laughs) my grandfather had the benefit of having, uh, and his name is Herbert Christianberry, 
so I guess continuing the English sounding tradition there, but uh, Herbert Christopher Jr., his his father was a senior, but uh, he had access to um, a lot of invitations from John Meekham Jr. as the yeah. owner. Now, like an owner's invitation back then wasn't really the same as getting an invitation from Gail Benson now or getting an invitation from Gail Benson in the Sean Payton era. You know, it was getting an invitation to go watch a like definitively losing team, uh, you know, where <laughs> may, maybe you had Archie Manning or something like yeah. that, but you knew they weren't going was to it, the games upset sorry, that was they it were. The sort of, was it the sort of invitation that actually you might turn down? <laughs> there very well may have been people that that turned yeah. down. Um, yeah. Look, I brought some I brought some props here. OK, speaking of oh. invitations. So we we were able to, you know, we cleaned up my grandparents' house. We got all the artifacts and everything. And so when you went to the Meekum box, and I don't know if they still, I doubt they still do this, but he he was thought so great of himself, I guess, in 1973, that the box ticket was, in fact, a golden ticket. And so if you look here. Ooh. Look at that. This is the uh, John Meekum box, game one. Uh, you know, it's 1973 season. So I got, you know, a whole stack of these and, and, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I just like grew up with all this saints memorabilia and, yeah. uh, you know, for anyone who's just listening to the podcast, it's just like a, a two by five, two by four card. It's like an index card size, but it's just a gold embossed thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got it's the sir saint, saint logo. Yeah. yeah. So you can tell that that's not, that's not just a marketing trick. That was the original old logo. No. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and then we got, uh, so this was, this is kind of like, I need to get this like sent off and graded, but here is the, uh, ticket stub to the saints first ever, uh, football game from Tulane stadium. Oh, wow. that is incredibly spectacular. Yeah. And, That's uh, incredible. so, I, you know, and it wasn't, this wasn't stuff that he, uh, showed me and, you know, again, mm. people watching it's 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 just the ticket stub with the saints go marching in it's got the caricature of al hurt and the big block letters and national football league Orleans saints versus los angeles rams two-lane stadium sunday september 17th 1 30 p.m no refund on this wow. one um and the uh this was a gate four ramp four section double h nine total what's y'all want to give a you want to give a guess on the on the uh yeah, I need to get. That's what yeah, I need. Yeah, that's what I need. Absolutely. I Max, gonna, and Nick, gonna... Max and Nick know a thing about that. What do y'all think the if, price if, is? Um, on this? Did y'all see just... the price? No. Is it, like, is it? Is it saying stupid? Like fucking? Is it saying? Is it cents? Or, or are we cents? We'll go. We'll go prices right rules. All right. So, so Mike, what you got? I'm, I'm, g- I'm gonna go two dollars forty. Dan, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right stingy. I'll get like seventy five cents. <laughs> I guess Price is Right rules Dan wins because it was six dollars. So maybe this is one of the. Uh... Oh, I win. No, no Mike, no, Mike wins. 40. Are you closer? Are you closer? Yeah. I didn't watch enough. I didn't watch enough Price is Right. I was going to say. Corey, oh, wait, you would have busted out. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was. Yeah, uh... if, if anybody, if anybody was watching earlier when when Corey first put that ticket up to the screen, and you're watching on YouTube, I apologize because literally I put my. <laughs> You know, when you're trying to see it, I just put my face right up to the screen. Oh. So you, <laughs> I didn't see that because I was covering my. <laughs> yeah, was like, I was okay. covering you with the ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know when you get someone dodgy on your ring doorbell. That was <laughs> yeah. what I was like. It was like 
You got the ring view. Yeah, we got the Hudak cassette. You know, I brought my whole goodie bag today. I got the Hudak cassette, oh, orig please, yeah, the original. Uh, and then we got this. I don't know even what year this was from, but maybe we maybe we need this this year. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like yeah, the song. You know, we it. believe. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah get, I've this... got one thing that's old. I'm going to I'm going to get Mike seen. It. I'm going to go and get it. <laughs> when Dan said he's got one thing that's old, I thought he was going to pick me up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got a picture of this guy, Mike. It's really... <laughs> yeah, here he is. He's really old. He's ancient. <laughs> but that, that's so brilliant. I mean, yet again, as a from a family point of view, just having those sort of things and kept within the family and just as, being, as a, being a passionate Saints fan that you are now, to be able to just even look at those is yeah. magical. I mean, just yeah. giving us the opportunity to see it, them now on the screen yeah. is magical for me. It's yeah, and that's why, you know, people, when we're clearing out my grandpa's house and a mom and, um, you know, her, she, when he died, she had uh, two, three brothers left. There's one now, different story. But um, yeah, yeah. cancer's a bitch, put it that way. Um, yeah. But it, there's a discussion of like, you know, my mom having grown up with all this stuff. And my grandpa picked up all this stuff. It's like, what are you going to do with it? And for me, it's like, look, I, I have places to keep it. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm still working on getting uh, uh, my my permitting from this other half for the man caves like y'all have. Yeah. But, um, you know, the permit department's really backed up right now. So, um <laughs> So we got a we got a wedding in uh we get we're getting married on December sixteenth. So the uh the, the permits are are uh, yeah, occupied yeah. with with other uh more important things. um which is understandable. I'm not knocking it. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, hopefully we're still married when this uh, still getting married when this airs. No. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll get oh, it out really quick. Right, I'll get it out really quick for you. We, yeah, have yeah, a, I hope we don't get a um, reputation. <laughs> anyway, but I, I digress. But it was uh, I got a place to put all this stuff, and for me, I just like I don't look at it every day. It's not a shrine or anything like that. But it's just kind of like if I'm just like, oh yeah, but what did that ticket say again? Or what, you know, or, or mm. I want to show people that haven't seen it before. And uh, one good, you know, I'll segue into this story, which was like a completely redeeming moment for uh, the uh, artifacts. If you want to call it that mm. um, one of the other items that was in this uh, collection was uh, a saints. I'll see if I can pull a picture up, but um, maybe y'all can post it, but, I guess y'all could post it, but it was a uh, Saints lapel pin, and it's the original Shield Saints Shield logo that everybody's familiar with, and it was a lapel pin from you know same era, probably the seventies, and uh, there was like three of three or four of them in this collection, just identical, and uh, so I've had one put on my, my jacket when I go to court or go to uh, just go to work, you know, and. Uh, that's a cool thing about the New Orleans legal community is that all the lawyers in New Orleans are uh, Saints fans. And so there's mm -hmm. an understanding that if you show up in court and you're about to argue, you know, what stays on the court for me, I'm an attorney where it's like, whatever happens in, in court stays in court and we'll go have a beer after, but I'm going to call yeah. you an idiot on the record. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm not, yeah. not, not literally, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going <laughs> to treat you like I treat Max <laughs> on the podcast. 
yeah. right? Yeah. Like we're gonna get into it. Or, or the way, or the and, way Max treats you on the podcast. Or that, yeah. He, he yeah, thinks yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah, yeah. thinks he's so smart. Thinks he's so smart. But um, a bit, a but bit no, it, it, there. yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I slip into it just to make 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 arguments. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Ray Donovan on, Ray Donovan on the pod. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, I, I slip in. I slip in impressions too. It's just a thing of uh, I don't know if they've done it. Max is like, no impressions, please. God, no impressions. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I anyway. Uh, but the lapel pin, Max had, had him and I became friends with uh with Roman Harper. I think as y'all know, uh, yeah, we had Roman as a guest on our podcast, and Roman's a fantastic guy. Just absolutely, any stereotypes you hear about NFL players being too cool for school, too flashy, too showy whatever if, if those are still stereotypes i think they are he he just shatters them into a million pieces yeah. roman is an amazing guy and uh and the second i met him he just opened up was like what's up how you doing at max's restaurant it was on his birthday did shots um later in that year it was actually like the wednesday after the saints had lost to the seahawks in the play not the not the beast quake playoff but the yeah. next time we played the, the seahawks they just lost him. And Roman comes in the restaurant. We're having drinks with him and some friends and talking about golf and a video of my golf swing to get better at. It. I show him the video. He's like, that's a good swing. And then it's like, you want to play golf? And next thing you know, like I'm playing golf with Roman and a buddy in New Orleans the next day. And so mm-hmm. friendship started from there. And so when he flash forward to him getting inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame, uh, he invited Max. And then Max said, like, you know, got ended up Roman sending me an invite as well. And um, I'm and I'm like, this is a big deal. You know, Roman getting the Hall of Fame. It's a guy. He's someone who I consider a friend. Yeah. Uh, the Saints Hall of Fame has all my favorite Saints players in it as growing up as a kid. And just the fact that like, you know, I get chills thinking about it. The fact that like I'm friends with a guy who's in this group mm-hmm. that I just grew up idolizing is is amazing. And so I think of my grandfather's I think of my grandfather as just a truly cherished and blessed thing that I had in my life. Like he was truly one of my mentors, him being yeah. an attorney, his father being an attorney and a, a federal judge in New Orleans and just a lot to look up to. And and so like all of the things of that are from him that I still have are just sacrosanct. Yes. Sacrosanct with a T. Uh and <laughs> including these lapel pins. And 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 so I thought, you know, Papa would be like just over the moon if he knew that one of his lapel pins ended up being the property of a saints hall of famer Hmm. because i had some to spare and so roman invited us to this party the night before this the falcons game that year where he was the induction was at the halftime of the falcons game and so i brought a lapel pin with me and um once you know, Roman was talking to everybody that night, and uh, Roman was Roman was being Roman. He, you know, he was, he was yeah. having earnest conversations on one hand, and he's on the mic saying, "Let's get fucked up." On the other hand, and uh, just having a good time. And so when you know Max and I are talking to him, I was like, "Roman, I, I need to talk to you for a second. He's like, hey, "Is everything okay?" I'm like, "Oh no, yeah, yeah, it's fine." I was like, "So check this out, because I know he's a big fashion guy. He gets a suit from a friend, not friend and company, but friend. I think is the name of the suit guy." In town, he's big on fashion. He's big on lapel pins. Him and I have talked about it before. So I was like, "But also, Corey, just on that, Roman looks too fucking good for his age." 
and uh, you know and i say yeah, that i mean somebody, there's no look i say that find, somebody who's got you know because roman's obviously gray and all that sort of i'm but gray. if you besides he, really, well, he really pisses besides, me off about how good he looks he's, he's only a well, year older than me he's not besides you besides you no, to but, uh i'm talking about to use the, the term to use the term y'all used if it's a lab but besides you two blokes um he he wears he 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 flaunts the gray like better than anybody you know yeah, it's like without a doubt he's so gray but it's like so on point mm. and you're just like Dude. yeah i'll say i'm um, gonna say it as an english man it's sexy <laughs> yeah do you want me to clip <laughs> I mean, that and send it to him <laughs> yeah oh i'll, I'll text it to him <laughs> yeah 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 no, i'll text no, him yeah, he 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 works it well, the man. Um, but anyway, yeah. so so I gave him the, I gave him the lapel pin at this party, or I was showing it to him, and and I, and he thought it was amazing. He's like, I was like, it's from my, I gave him the story of my grandpa in the season ticket holder. He's like, that's incredible. And I was like, so this one, I was like, look, I know I showed him the one that I was wearing on my jacket. I was like, see this on my jacket. He's like, yeah, that's that's badass. And I was like, all right. So I went in my pocket and then pulled that the spare, and I said, so this one is yours as a gift. For making the Saints Hall of Fame, from me to you, from my grand, my late grandfather to you, um, I'm not expecting you to wear it at any point. I just know my grandfather would have loved to know that a Saints Hall of Famer had yeah. one of his opponents. It would be, it so would gave be it to special him. to your granddad. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I end up wasn't planning on going to the game the next day. I end up getting a ticket from uh, my boss who had a spare. I go to this because otherwise you couldn't see the induction ceremony. They didn't show it on TV. So I'm at the game. And uh, they do the induction ceremony and um, they had they had their jackets already on hangers like out on the field. And the person like put the jacket around the guy. And so when they get to Roman and they put the jacket on him, the lapel pin is on the jacket. On the 50 yard line of the Superdome for everybody to see. Uh, if you look up pictures of Roman Harper induction, the lapel pin he's wearing on his jacket is the one that I gave him the night before. From my grandfather, which stemmed from the 1970s Saints, and it was just—he didn't have to do it. I did not yeah. expect him to do it. And when I look at that jumbotron and see him wearing that lapel pin, I just like—I didn't lose it, but I was just like, "Yeah, you went." It was. It was. Yeah. yeah, and so like you know, it, it's just the team means that much. You know, uh, so my grandfather having tickets for that long started taking me when I was two and a half. Um, you know, so I got to see everything from the Dome Patrol to, you know, Morton Anderson was my favorite kicker, favorite player growing up, um, you know, and then uh, then more leaves and uh, we get into a bit of a shit spiral uh, through Ditka, Haslett, you know, Rick Venturi was mm -hmm. our interim after Mora and, uh, you know, but then, you know, the Sean Payton era brought it all home. Um and, uh, you know, but before I get into modern, I guess I'll think, you know, the one thing I'll, the, the funniest story from my grandfather's era was that he was involved with the team when they were building the Superdome. You know, he, Tulane Stadium was, and the next time y'all are uptown in New Orleans, it's, it's truly mind boggling how a stadium like that could have been where it was, like physically, geographically. Yeah. It just doesn't make yeah. sense. It's where Tulane's current stadium is a little bit, kind of, if kind of kind of but um when they were building the superdome it was also during the apollo space mission era 
And there was a, I don't know if the Apollo astronaut was from New Orleans, but he had uh, some kind of tie to New Orleans. And so when they're given the tour of the Superdome, um, they, they, uh, they brought the, they had a little comp, you know, uh, group of people, the Apollo astronauts in it, my grandpa's in it, a bunch of other business guys, but it was before they put the roof on and they're up in like the seats area in the open air and they're up in like the terrace level. And the story goes that like the group had to take a pause because the astronaut was having like a medical issue because he was afraid of the height. <laughs> and I like heights, but not this height. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy who's yeah. trained to go to the moon. Oh man. Who's inside the dome without a roof and is like, I need to take a break here, guys. <laughs> first time out called in the dome as an astronaut yeah yeah yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. An, an apollo astronaut so yeah. uh yeah also, so anyway, yeah, yeah yeah but you're, you're talking like obviously the brilliant story about the astronaut but the fact that your granddad was there anyway it was like yeah yeah I mean, it's I, incredible I it's you yeah. know to, to have been that's, and, just, and yet, that's history that is history in itself but it is but and also in this day and age it's like we we have it in the uk obviously you have it in the in the us as well it's it's sort of historic stadiums don't last they like yeah. they, they have a yeah. they have a, a lifespan and then they're mm. sort of deemed as like let's get rid of it and, and it was now modern, last modern stadiums don't last either. It's like, yeah, yeah. And like, it, even last they night, when, down Jacksonville Stadium, well, talk about Jacksonville, yeah, stadium, they would have knocked that down, didn't they? So, yeah, but it was like watching watching it last night when, um, and, and yet again, I think me and Dan have talked about this, um, on quite a few occasions, especially with, with guys from the UK and stuff. But even last night on the broadcast, when we're watching it in the UK at one fifteen, and by the way, I, I am going to point out it's now twenty five to <laughs> one in morning. Twenty five to one in the morning in the UK over here. Ooh. I went to bed at about half five last yesterday. Oh no, yeah, yesterday, and got up at half eight. But my point was, <laughs> the um, they did a panoramic shot of the dome. And it was mm. lit up with the wire, and it's still. I mean, it's stunning. It's beautiful. I mean, it, it's beautiful. It's, it's like when you think about when that was actually built, but it still looks. It's got. It's got a redeeming, sort of not modern, but just a redeeming feature about it. Where, it, especially when it's lit up, yeah. it looks beautiful. I think, it's, I think it's, a, it's ageless in some ways. When you, yeah, I've yeah. said it before on here on our early episodes, but. That very first time I'm on the drive down from the airport and it appears yeah. hmm. and it takes your breath away, especially if you're a fan yeah. and you've waited so long to see it, it just dominates the sky. But yeah, not in yeah, a way yeah. that's like garish, it's subtle at the same time. Hmm. You, it's not there all the time. You've got to be in the right place to see it dominate the skyline. It's yeah, yeah. I, it's just so it, that, it doesn't get enough love for how iconic it is no i don't think but but you're right that it's that thing yeah actually and funnily enough when you're a like a uk fan like we are when you come over and when you grab a a, a taxi at the rank and you're coming in for me the as much as like i look at the and every it doesn't matter how often i come over or when 
whenever I'm going past it in a taxi, I take a picture and I send it to a WhatsApp group and I'm like, oh, look, I've arrived. But also the thing about it when you pass the dome, because obviously most tourists sort of um, will end up being around Canal or Mm -hmm. the French Quarter. That's where your hotel is going to end up being. Right, right. Um, And the moment you pass it, you know, all right, I'm only about five and five, ten minutes away from my hotel as well. So it's it's a benchmark as well to, all right, we're almost Correct. there, right. um, which touches on what we were saying earlier about the fact that you can be in the city, you can have a, a drink with your friend, you can bar hop, and then you can be at the dome. But the, yeah. yeah, last night, just watching it, yeah, just seeing that panoramic shot of it, it was like, oh my God, there it is. And it gets yeah. me every time. And I love hearing those stories, uh, your appreciation of it mike and and then dan like you you know you talking about the first time you ever saw it Mm. because for for those of us who grew up in new orleans we don't remember the first time we saw the superdome no at least those who have who were born after it was built um Mm. my dad remembers the first time he saw the superdome because he grew up on the west bank of new orleans and crossed the bridge every single day to go to high school and that was that was the period they were they were building it so he got to see it coming up every day you know for a period yeah. of however many years it took to build like so he tells a story about just seeing it progress and progress and progress and uh you know my grandfather also said how like the roof itself was was des- because it covers such a large expanse that the gen- the general contractor when they they got to the roof part of the architect's design was just like we can't do this yeah. and they were like what the hell do you mean you can't build a roof and they're like we don't have the engineering to do it so they called in a bridge company they called in civil engineers that that do bridges that span the mississippi river and stuff I, like I that can see why that would be and, the case actually yeah. yeah and so the roof is essentially a circular bridge and yeah. that's that's how they designed it and so but but for guys like me and guys like we were born after the, you know after it was built we've never had that moment of like seeing it for the first time mm. you know I, and i remember uh, i love so i love hearing it and yeah. I told people the same thing about the city in general. Like I, I look, I love being from New Orleans. I wouldn't trade anything. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I don't know that I could ever, besides my four years I spent outside of New Orleans for college, which was planned and deliberate, and I was already yeah. always planning on coming back. Um, I don't know that I could move move away. I might be stuck, but <laughs> you know, it's. But I, I've always told people that I wish that I had. Only thing I can't ever get in my lifetime which is would be impossible to get is experiencing as an adult going to new orleans for the first time yeah yeah. it's i'm a bit jealous of even though i'm from here i'm a bit jealous of anyone who has had that experience because i know what it's like to live here i know what it's like every time i have these little new orleans moments even as a local you i mean if you're not feeling filled when you do have those moments that pop up then you're doing something wrong but i still have them they still come. It's still great. Um, like spont- spontaneity, this spontaneous moments. Like mm. they call it the biggest small town in America. You you see people you know everywhere you go, even though it's considered a major American city. It's like you just <clears throat> you can't go. You can't. People from college from Georgia come visit me. Uh, yeah, some of them are Falcons fans from Atlanta, so screw that part of the game. But um, but they'll come visit me, and 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 we'll go to a store, and they'll say, like, oh. I- I'll run into like five people at, at, at a store to go get our, our drinks for the weekend or something like, dude, you knew like four people in there. I'm like, and They're like, well, how, what? you just like know everybody in town. I'm like, 
no, I don't know everybody, but it's New Orleans. It's like, it's just how yeah. things happen. You just run into people all the time. And so, you know, it, 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 hearing y'all talk about first time seeing the dome just reminds me, it'd be not, it'd be amazing mm. to have a New Orleans first time, which can never happen. But no, thing, I, 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 I've always like, got a list of things that like, I still want to do when I come over. Like, as you remember, we went to Jazz Fest, Mike, and I just kept saying, oh, wait, actually, it's Mardi Gras. I really want to see a Mardi Gras Indian. Really want to see, and obviously yeah, it yeah. didn't happen with Jeff Mardi Gras. But when I saw them yeah. at Jazz Fest, I was like, "Fucking hell!" There, and I yeah. was like, "Do you remember?" I was like, "I've got to get a photo. I've got to get a photo." And, yeah. and it was just this because you get so caught up in the culture, but you don't live it. Yeah. When you yeah. get to experience it, like today, yeah. I noticed that uh, Jess Honeycutt, who was on our podcast a couple of episodes ago, oh, but she that was, was a she, fantastic episode, by the way. Oh, it's an old thing. I was like, I was like, who is this? Who is this person that lives like five minutes from me and it, like sounds amazing and just like like yeah. she and Lizzie would love to hang out. I'm like, and, and, you know what? Like we probably crossed paths before. It's like that small of a town, but yeah. uh, but yeah. I was like, yeah, that was amazing. But anyway, sorry. yeah, no, yeah. I was just saying she she posted a video up. Of her, she was just walking down the street, and one of the the lazy boys was coming down on his his chair, on his like his modified lazy boy. And I was just like, that'd be so fucking cool to just see that, like, just the spontaneousness of it, just coming down. You're like, you can't engineer that to see it for the first time. It has to be something completely natural. No. Um, yeah, and that's why I 100%. want to keep coming back and get a chance to yeah. see and do these different things all the time. But also, yeah. it's like that. that- Sorry, sorry, Corey. As as um, sort of Dan touched on it there, it's like the thing for myself and Dan when we come over. Obviously, we like Dan was talking about the first time he saw the dome. It was the same for me the first time I saw the dome. But we get that every single time we come in. The sense of excitement we get in every single time we come into the city is you couldn't understand it. You can't understand the charge that it gives you. But then yeah. it's every single time we come into the city and we even if we see the same things again, the charge that it gives you, because we don't live there. and sure. But we yeah. love the city, the culture, the people, the team. And so every time we come over there, we make the most of it. We really, really do. You know, yeah. and, oh, and we will be in 13 days. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's oh, well, hey, hey, 11 days, mate. 11, 11 days. I'm over there. Couldn't get, a, couldn't get like you a, any pass. You get, you're getting a tap. A timer. That's why. I'm getting what, a tap. What, I've yeah. got, I have got it on my phone. But I'm just going to touch on. You're I come in on Thursday. Mike comes okay. in. Tuesday. I come in on Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll do something yeah. during the week. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to be, I'm meeting, um, I don't think you met him, Eric, um, who does the Chocobro, Chocobro, I can't, I'm Unless he was in on the, the draft meetup. No, he wasn't. Okay. No, yeah, Eric wasn't but, um, there. No. He's going to, he think... said he's going to, okay, nice. he's, he's going to skip the Pelicans game and he's going to meet me and take me to that dog when I land. Uh, oh, when yeah. I get to my hotel, we're going to get some dogs and stuff. Uh, and I can't wait because those, that, that dog was, Fucking phenomenal when we had it last time. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. Can I can I just ask you, Dan? Because like I I get to the city two days before Dan, so I'm there for a period of time. I get a tattoo on the day that Dan's. I'm getting a tattoo with Jay Frosty on the day that Ah, Dan lands. I'm then going to the Pelicans game. Um, But I think at the at the time that Dan arrives in New Orleans, there are six other. There were six other Brits that are arriving as there well, are. aren't there? Yeah. On the so, what, so when you were it's there, it's going to be like for, the, the, the War of 1812 over doing? here. 
I'm just wondering what they're doing. They're they going through passport them? control because I'm going through passport in New York. So I I fly out, uh, I land in New yeah. York. I'll go through passport control in New York. And you're straight then I'm out. On the internal. So as soon as I get to uh, Louis Armstrong, I'm grabbing my bags and I'm off. I'm, yeah. I'm hitting the city. I'm on it. Juicer for me up, baby. Yeah. Juicer for yeah, yeah, that yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I'm all I think about that it. Sometimes they even have Juicer on tap at that dog. So uh, be on the lookout. Yeah, when we went, they was they was out. Unfortunately, they, yeah, they were out. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. But we, I was gonna, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say just on your point when you talk about Roman Harper. So I've got I have a tenuous Roman Harper story. Uh, so well, you know, well, well, started... your your first it's not tenuous because your surname. Okay, is... my surname is Harper. For, True. That, that's my surname. So. True. When I put my cave together, I decided I wanted to get a, a signed jersey put up. Um, so I went out. I couldn't find any anywhere. So I basically used Instagram and messaged as many players from the Super Bowl team and said, do any of you know, I'm not asking you to give me one or send me one, but do you know where I could get a jersey? And I went out to like, probably about 25 players who were on the squad. Yeah. Roman was the only player who responded to me. He said, wow. I'm really sorry. I don't I don't know where to get one. I'd love, you know, I wish I could tell you where to get one. And I was like, that's cool. Mm. And then when I finally, and I'm going to turn my camera around, when I finally got it, and it's there, yeah. up yeah, on the yeah, wall, yeah. centre point, um, I tagged him and he was he was like, he commented like, that's fucking cool. I love oh, it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So just, you know, almost like supporting what Corey said, like, just a, he didn't have to even reply to me. Like Reggie Bush didn't reply yeah. to me. You know all these all these other players that didn't Dan, reply to me. Roman Dan, was like, yeah. Dan, Dan, don't call other players out just in case we <laughs> try and invite them into the pod. No, oh shit, right. yeah. But Reggie, I already well, invited get... Reggie Bush. His, his agent said he's too busy. The true yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Well, they just got to make up for it. Uh, <laughs> when he was in, when he was in Hertfordshire, which he, was about he was in London, yeah. away from the pair of us, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, Roman's a great guy. There's not a message that I send or text or Mm. Instagram responding. He he always answers. No. And yet again, for people that are listening, I'd recommend they listen to the 28 to 3 podcast anyway. But listen to that (laughs) Roman Harper one because it was one of those where, and you're talking about Roman as a down-to-earth man. Yeah. But, you know, and we're talking to a, a slightly separate subject, but it was the when he was talking about when he went to the Panthers and his brother, who used to dress up. No, oh, yeah. It was just like, that, that's a wonderful story. It, yeah. It, and yeah. that that says something about Roman, his family, the way they've been yeah. brought up, and also how down to earth, down to earth they are. Yeah. Pratt and so that was Alabama. Absolute, where they're from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely brilliant stories. So anybody who listens to this podcast, listen to 28 to 3 podcast anyway, because Appreciate myself that. and Dan listen to it religiously. <laughs> but yeah, especially gonna... that Roman Harper episode. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, so, it was so enjoyable to listen to. Episode, episode number six, if you're flipping through. Oh, really? The numbers. Really as, as the guy in, in the group who is uh, the, the unofficial producer that uh, posts, <laughs> that, that that you know record does the editing and and, and we don't we really don't we don't edit as in cut it we really don't cut anything out no we never we don't we don't make any cuts i, I just make sure the audios that one guy's not louder than significantly louder than yeah. the other and uh oh, I'll, I'll, post him, I'll post them i'll post them to our uh our uh our uh 
platform, but I always remember the numbers of certain episodes. Yeah. Uh, or most Corey, can I can ask? Obviously, we're talking about the twenty eight three podcast. So, what was it that made yourself, Nick, and Max start a podcast? What what like myself and Dan have spoken about ours. Ours is um yeah. we're international we're international fans and we wanted to talk to the community and obviously we've diversified a little bit because we talked to a lot of sort of people in america but notably we talk to people in america who've got an association with the city we don't just talk to people in america right but we we try and obviously um speak to international fans and that was what myself and dan wanted to do what what how did the podcast come about between the three of you what what was the conversation what did you yeah. want to do so it, it was a mix of things um you know in i think independently max has always wanted and he'll he'll say it he's always wanted to do a podcast he's, he's had yeah. the idea of doing one for years uh over five six maybe even ten years uh and it's just that he wasn't about to just go jump on a mic and do one himself yeah uh but separately of that you know max nick and i i became friends with max when i was uh either it was either in law school or like the year after i finished when he uh in max was you know one of the front face of the franchise owners of the restaurant route in new orleans <laughs> yeah. next one of the silent owners they and max and nick had known each other since they were kids anyway but I would always be in route. Um, you know, my, my ex-wife happened to be friends with Max's ex-wife <laughs> that we were then married. But um, and so you know, Max's ex would text my ex when it, you know they were friends and hey, let's go get drinks. And you know, Max's ex was like, Oh, bring Corey along. I'm sure Max and Corey would get along. And and so the girls would meet up with each other, and Max and I would just sit there while the girls talked and we had drinks at the bar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, through Max, I got to meet a lot of uh, guys that he knew. Uh, but, you know, Max, and I just kind of look, I mean, y'all hear the way we talk on the podcast. And, and that's yeah. the way it was from literally day one. And mm -hmm. it just uh, had a lot of we both were both very opinionated. Uh, Max, obviously, uh, we have our different styles. To put it politically correct, uh, he Corey, might be a little more. I, 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 Corey, sorry, I don't understand what you what you're talking about there. Really? <laughs> yeah, uh, Max. Max do? is much more forceful and forward. Than oh, really? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, and which is which is good though, because I tend to be more, you know, uh, I, like I, I'm doing now. I, I, I tend to think. Way, I, it, I, I, I tend to I, think about I, what I'm about to say a hell of a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And and then Max is just well, I, saying, well, 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 well. But the nature of your job, I imagine that comes. Quite yeah, it's hard but... to shake it, especially if I'm yeah. making an argument, because I'm so used to every single word mattering, making a difference, because the people who are usually scrutinizing the things that I'm saying are judges yeah. or are other attorneys. And so every word is meant to pack a punch. And so like, but, that, yeah. but on a podcast, you, you really, you know, and it's something I'm actually like, you know, trying to remember even episode by episode is like it's just 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 talk dude but um obviously we have different styles i guess is the point of that so we but, always but sorry Corey, sorry yeah, Corey, go ahead, go ahead. before you go on it works because yes yes it is it is three like obviously and nick is the the quieter more analytical side nick is it, incredibly nick hasn't yeah. 
forgot. I mean, Nick is one of those when people post when posts go viral about like LeBron yeah. James remembering like every play of a last sequence or like Deshaun Watson when he was talking about some play and routes run like Nick's got one of those That's types big. of memories yeah. when he watches a game. It's like everything sticks in his head. And um, and he can that's why, like one of my my best buddies from uh, from high school, I'm on a group text with him and my brother and they listen to the episode. They listen to the pod and and he sends me my a quote of myself from the Jacksonville preview <laughs> pod and says, quote, um, Corey, what do you think about the Jags? I don't know. I didn't look at any stats, but. End quote. And, he, and, he go, and then he just goes and replies with nice nice dude yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I was like well I, nick nick has all the stats I mean, yeah, sure then nick you know nick dips in with saying oh by yeah. the way yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. I, it's I just, more of like a clue it's like a cue for nick when i was like i didn't really look at the stats because i know when i say that and he did he chimes in with 21st on defense you know yeah, just yeah, yeah. like right away so it's yeah it is a good mix and uh but yeah. but Soon enough after I met Max, there's a, we started doing an annual beach trip in the fall because Nick uh, has some investment properties in, in Destin that are rented out during the year and they kind of pay for themselves because yeah. it's a beautiful beach. And uh, But they always open up <laughs> around the uh, late September, October, which allows us to just show up and, and hang out with all, yeah. a, a big group of guys. And the first time we did it was uh, what was Max's de facto bachelor party. Uh, to the beach and then um you know shortly thereafter there was uh you know like i said i'm divorced max said divorced back in the day and so like there's different reasons every year to end up going back and so it's just something that we do every year and 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 it was one of the years i think it was when brandon cooks was on the team and we didn't have mike thomas yet but i think calvin benjamin was even on the panthers that year but we were just at each other's throats, just the three of us, even though there was like eight other guys in the house. Yeah. The three of us are sitting there on the couch, just screaming about whether or not we thought Brandon cooks was a worthwhile receiver. Kind of like the same way Max is doing about a lobby right now. Yeah, but Nick yeah. was, Nick was trying to say that dude's never going to be what we need. He can't go up and high point a ball. And Max is like, he, He's fast as fuck, dude. And I don't know. Maybe I have that. Maybe I, have, you know. No, you've nailed maybe, it. You've nailed that. Yeah. Maybe I have it reversed about whose position was what because I honestly don't remember. But it was like no one else in the house was. They Interested. Couldn't, no, it was the opposite. Like everyone was just like, oh, shit, how is this going to end? And so we always say with the podcast that we want it to be as close to that singular yeah. instant as possible where it's just the three of us whether we're hanging out in a beat in a living room on the beach or if we're in a bar just shooting the shit about the saints yes arguing yes making people around us uncomfortable yeah by the way we're arguing but 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 at the same time knowing that like we're all friends and like we're we're gonna go yeah. at each other's throats about the saints because we disagree a lot um yeah. and but at the end of the day like we respect each other we're friends. It's all going to be good at the end. And we're all, all in it together. But, um, you know, we, when we decided about turning that, cause yeah, like people talk all the time by themselves with their friends, but turning that yeah. into a podcast, we look, we're, we're saints junkies, just like the rest yeah. of y'all, you know, and it's like, we thirst for content 
when it's the off season, when it's pre pre preseason training camp, when shit like what's going on right now is going on. Like we want to know, we want to know, we want to know. And you know, there's a lot of good information out there. I mean, Ross Jackson is a great podcast. Adam and Ryan do a a great podcast. Nick Underhill has been changing the game with New Orleans that football. Um, You know, but, but we thought, and it's no, no uh, discount to anybody else. We just thought in terms of the style of a podcast, we thought there was a bit of a void in the market of, of podcasts where the hosts are, (laughs) are debating with each other are actually in disagreement because you know, sometimes you need the information, you need the agreement. You want to hear guys uh, agreeing with each other. You want to hear them developing a topic and, and and making it better by, because, you know, you can make a topic better with your agreement. You can get into it. You can analyze yeah. it, but we kind of, uh, we call each other out. It's like, why did you, why did you just say that? There was this one time that Max said he was really big on Caden Ellis. And I just, you know, couldn't <laughs> believe it. I said, what, <laughs> wait, wait, what are you talking about? Corey, what are you talking Corey, about, Max? Right, Corey, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you there for a for a very valid reason. I had to throw you all that softball. I think. I think. I think Dan's been waiting for this moment. So, Dan, all right, you're now you're now up, my friend. So let, let's hear it, my my I'm friend. Up. So, yeah, we know that you're on. Caden Ellis Mountain, you climbed it. We listened to the podcast. We know you, you've ascended the peak <laughs> of that mountain. Oh, yeah. So I, and you know, you've been big on Caden Ellis yeah, as, as long as anyone's known his name. So I've, well, I've got nice some to be I think, like, I think Corey's been big on Caden Ellis since his granddad first went to the Saints game. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, yeah. he was really good as a freshman in high school. And, in, like, uh, yeah. All right, first question. What high school on, did he Dan. go to? Yeah. Um, yeah, not gonna know this one. Uh what what it what's was the ju- high school? Judge, what? Memor- Judge Memorial Catholic. That was the high school we went to. Yes, that, in, that, uh, in in Utah. See, I was gonna say it. You beat me to the punch. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh yeah. college, college you went to? It was uh Idaho. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Do you know what his forty-yard dash time was? Ooh, good question. Uh, he he definitely ran a uh, wasn't a four-two. It wasn't a four-two. No, that would have yeah, been too good. I like I like uh, four four-six-seven. Four, oh, you're close. four-seven-one. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think no, his unofficial we'll his his unofficial think... time was four-six-seven. When when I saw <laughs> I think, him in I think... person. I think you we know. can give that I'll to give, Corey, give, don't you? I'll give you yeah, that. We'll give that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a bit slow on the finger. What about yeah, his vertical yeah. jump? You know what his vertical jump was? 25. Oh, no, you went off 34. Oh, it's uh, better than I thought. Okay. Broad jump? Nine foot three. Ten foot. Ooh, okay. Uh, which round did he go? Which pick did he go? Uh, we'll he was one, mate. Like, he was fifth round, right? I don't remember what pick. Was he fifth? He was seventh, seventh round, two hundred forty. He was a seventh round. Yeah. Yep. See, I, I had him as I had him valued as Even a fifth round that, pick Corey. that year. <laughs> I'm, I'm <disappointed laughs> See, um, I had him. Valued, I just always, honestly, though, in my head, I'm like, wait, he was a he was a fifth he was our fifth round pick. Um, well, I, I I was sorry. He was a seventh I, round pick. Actually. Maybe it's because he wore fifty five. He wore number fifty five. So it's just a. 
Dan told me he had a set of questions for you, but he didn't he didn't allow me to know what the questions were. Even I knew he was a seventh round pick, and you are on Ellis Mountain. I'm okay, one for both up. of you. No, go on. Two of his brothers have played in the NFL. One is still active in the NFL. Which team does that brother play for? It's Christopher Ellis. He's active on an active roster right now in the NFL. I'm going to say the Steelers. I'm going with the Patriots. Right state. Mike had the right state. Oh, oh he's, an, he's an eagle then. Yeah, he's an eagle, yeah. Oh, he, was at, he was at the Vikings shoot. last year. He's an eagle now. So that was oh, a okay. quite... Just to test how I you were on Ellis Ellis Mountain, I had it prepped. <laughs> I'd probably get one of those. You, I'll, I'll give have you two. To, I'll give you two. Dan, before yeah. before we put the um, episode out, we're going to have to find a really um, 1980s theme tune to a game show thing to put on there before it comes out. Well, you should have switched out your mic for one of those like long stick mics. This, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blankety yeah. blank, blankety blank. Anyway, you've won a free <laughs> gift card to the Saints Block Party Meetup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, where are we going to? Corey will just come to, to it without having paid a Discord fee, so it doesn't yeah. matter anyway. So, what like Alex? <laughs> yeah, I got a message from uh, message from uh, Adam the other day saying, uh. Tell that fucker Alex he hasn't paid his Discord fees in a year. <laughs> <laughs> did he send him the Family Guy gift of Stewie he, with the uh, Where's my he money? Did, he, 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 he if did I'm honest, away, though, fair if I'm being honest, I I wouldn't threaten Alex. <laughs> oh no, he's like Secret Service yeah. agent hidden, exactly mm. spy somewhere. Spy, spy. Well, it's not uh, that secret if you know he's Secret Service. Well, so, yeah. So, uh. You had a fledgling football career, Corey. Football oh, yeah. For Jesuit High School. That's right. Same uh, alma mater as, as Mr. Foster Morrow. Who, Foster uh, Morrow, yeah. We know he's hurting today, but uh, yeah. feel for him. But, yeah, no, look, it was, we, we joke about it all the time on the pod because I'm always playing up <laughs> the high school football days, the hashtag glory days. Yeah. It was fun, man. It was it – was, like It was Springsteen, uh, glory days. Yeah. <laughs> But look, I mean, we it's the same district, obviously, Foster came from. Leonard, Leonard Fournette played for St. Aug, which was in yeah. our district. Uh, Craig Steltz, who ended up uh, – he was an All-American at LSU, played, ended up playing for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he was my my grade, so I ended up – you know, when he was on defense playing safety, I, I was assigned to block him a few times. And uh, we – but it's funny, you know, we, we hit, guys like him, you know, we, we played against each other since, like, eighth grade football. So he was actually a tailback in eighth grade. I was a linebacker. So we just ended up like flip-flopping. But uh, that was fun times. You know, it, I got a mild concussion once on a lead block and uh, heard heard thunder, saw lights. Uh, it's the first year they had the uh, Revolution helmets that were quote-unquote concussion-proof. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it contributed to my theory of all these head injuries is that – and again, like I would say – if I had a take on a conclusion I made from playing the game as a high schooler, even at the age of 18, I'm like, that's on the high school level. I can only imagine what it's like multiplied by a yeah. million for the NFL. And even as an 18 year old, I thought, I didn't think like, Oh, thank God this helmet's going to make me more safe. It literally made me feel like I could run into people harder. Yeah. yeah. Because 
it's not going to fuck about me up. Helmets at one stage, didn't they? Because they said it would stop players. Yeah, thinking that. It, and and so it so, made yeah. me go faster, harder. And I'm like, these helmets they're making, the the safer they're making these helmets, the more confidence these guys have, they can just be missiles out there. But well, then, interesting. On, 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 on the on the flip sorry, side of much. that, and, and sorry, Dan, we, we like we always have in, especially in the UK, we always have this. Um, and it's not really a debate anymore, but it used to be a debate about NFL and rugby. Um, mm-hmm. Two completely different sports. But where we're talking about helmets is that rugby players don't wear helmets. They don't wear pads. Yeah. And now there are there's a huge thing in the UK about people are now um, taking the govern, governing bodies to court because of the amount of obviously impacts they've had and the head injuries that they've had. But you only have to look. I mean, I'm, I'm not a our friend die is but we're not huge rugby union fans but you've now got the world cup at the moment which is at the semi-final stage Hmm. literally you see the injuries on people's heads you see their ears you see everything that goes on i never play Um, rugby what they've exactly and but the the, the impact that they have is total bone on bone skull on skull it's it's different yeah it's It's deforming and, and it but we're, they're a little bit behind the NFL in the fact of concussion protocols and all that. Yeah. But even even Premier League soccer have now started to, only in the last three or four years, started to take that a little bit seriously because obviously yeah. when people go out for so, a headed ball and they clash heads, concussions. So, yeah. yeah, it's, they, yeah. they found, I watched a documentary on this on ice hockey. Mm. And they found that the majority of concussions that occur in ice hockey are not head-to-head collisions. They are where the players go. <laughs> Did you say what I think you said? No, they what are the where the players hockey puck. fuck. I thought you said no. I thought you said fuck. Off character. Like I've been sitting here the whole time. Like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Dan. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. And then all, all of a sudden, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but they are it's body to body collisions and it's the false the whiplash yeah. the head back the whiplash that causes the concussion it's not actually head to head uh head to head um collisions so there's probably a lot of players in the nfl who get concussions and it goes completely unnoticed because there's no head to head contact yeah yeah i mean it's possible um i know it's it, it's so much on the players to to, to report it because like if yeah. yeah, they. I don't know. I mean, I've only had. It's always good when you start a sentence like I've only had so many concussions. Um, no, um, <laughs> I never, I never got knocked out cold, thankfully. But um, you know, when even on a high school level, there was that mild concussion, and I, and I was able to just you know, give the whole like, like shake it off, and I went right back in the huddle. I mean, I like literally yeah. slammed into the middle linebacker at full speed and. Uh, we're playing Santa Monica in a playoff game. I'll never forget it. I mean, I don't forget much from high school. I mean, if, if you haven't heard anything from the podcast, it's all um, <laughs> like, like uh, you're like, like Nick my, uh, when it comes to high school football. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here on y'all's podcast and talk about how my tailback had 2,700 yards rushing his senior year and had, how we had 46 touchdowns yeah. with Mr. Football in Louisiana and started for UCLA the, the next couple of years after Maurice Jones Drew. I'm not going to talk about that. No, I'm but, sure you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 even on that play, it was like. I saw lights immediately, heard thunder, and 
I went straight back into the huddle because yeah. I'm like, I'm not coming out of the game. And it just so happened, not because of me, but it just so happened that the situation in the game, our team called a timeout. And while I was over on the sideline, I, you know, my, my, I guess my better wits kicked in and I just told our, our uh, trainer like, Hey, um, I don't know if it's a big deal, but here's what happened on the last play. And he was like, why don't you come over here? Why don't you come over here? And, and he, you know, he held me and he rightfully so held me out. Cause I, if I had run the same play again or anything similar, I probably would have been out cold on the, on the grass, you yeah. know, and, uh, and the players in the NFL, I'm sure obviously totally different beast, but to a degree, you know, these guys don't want to come out. And so if, and especially right. with these offensive line, I mean, we think we know when the concussions happen as fans, because as fans, we watch the game, we follow the ball. You know, we watch the QB, then he throws it. We watch the receiver, we watch the DB. There's a big old hit. Someone gets knocked out, we see it. But we forget there are huge collisions happening on the offensive, defensive line, yeah. linebackers rushing in, uh, every single play. And and, and 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 as big as the concussions are with the receivers and DBs, like they're happening, uh, they could be happening yeah. when in the places you're not seeing it. And so it's up to those guys to be like, hey, I got my bell rung and go to the sideline. Yeah. And if they don't, you know, that's where that's where things I, get dangerous. But also you get, you get that issue. Sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say also part of the issue, obviously, with, you know, with, you know, if you talk about NFL players and you're talking about the people that are high caliber and are paid a load of money. If you're if you're a for want of a better expression, we, we sort of say that in 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 soccer, U, uh, UK football. If you're a journeyman, so if you're somebody who knocks around and you're on special teams um, and maybe you're a, a, a sort of safety and stuff, not in a hurry, way. We know the average career in the NFL is what? I think it's just under three years. Yeah, it's, it's not no, no, you're not You're not going to tell anybody. You're not going to tell anybody that you're um, injured because... Yeah you worry about the fact that you you know you're out of you're you're out of a career uh, uh, you know got a short career if you're not top 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 level right <clears throat> and so obviously if you get something like that you're just going to run back onto the field and yeah. say yeah it's, no no i'm okay yeah nothing happens. nature of the so competitors be- yeah there's a lot better o line the fact every single one of us had a fucking concussion this season the only thing, <laughs> the only thing i would say there yeah. and this yeah. is this is actually the the sort of weird thing about it is that this week our own line was solid and it was full of just like unusual players I mean, well, Pete, first uh, round pick. Yeah, but no, no, no. We have, we have, I think we had three, still had three first round picks, but we, obviously Pete had shifted over to left tackle. Right. Hadn't played there since college. But he played but there at Stanford. Pete, yeah. And he put, he's but also, you know, he, he was up against Allen and did an okay job. I mean, it, Allen's one know, of the best pass rushers in the league and did an okay job with him. Yeah. It makes you wonder about what we were talking about earlier. And look, I mean, we're not, I'm not a psychologist, but it's kind of like when you see guys thrown into a situation where they don't have any opportunity or any option to like overthink their situation mm, yeah. and then they, they play it play the game, and play they the play game. well, it makes you yeah. wonder like every other position is filled with guys who have been there entrenched who are obviously like, yeah, you know, some people say like, Oh, the, the players don't read the papers. Players don't read on Twitter. I mean, okay, well, 
maybe like Juwan Johnson might not speak for everybody, but he tweeted out like y'all getting on Carmichael's whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're basically your injured starting tight end is like don't talk about my OC on Twitter. And it's like, they're reading Twitter guys. Like to, yeah. I was on Instagram the other day and like, you know, granted there's younger guys on the team, but like you had Sal DeBerry doing an Instagram story, walking out of the tunnel for pregame warmups. It's like, get your goddamn phone away. What the, maybe that's the old guy. I mean, talking like, or the millennial or whatever I am, but like these Gen Zers, it's like always connected. Like, these guys are plugged in is what I'm saying. And so like, if they're overthinking yeah, it, yeah. And maybe maybe they're in their own they're in their own heads, but um, yeah, there's no I telling. Mean, but you but know, that, that, it's that not. Like... Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Corey. Oh no, I was just gonna say it's it's just different than the way things used to be. Uh, when yeah, uh, not like not the good old days. Like I, I I hate when usually any anybody uh any like American white male when he's like, don't you just like the way it was back in the good old days? I'm like. I'm not about to have that conversation with you, sir. Because no. <laughs> they're usually talking about it's something. The same they're talking about the same okay. So I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not about to be the good old days guy because I'm not. Yeah. An, I do not agree with that that line of thinking at all. But it's. Uh, but with the Saints, it's like, you know, we want we want it to be that 05, that 06 year, with like, yeah, the dome reopening, the NFC Championship that we won. It's like. You know, we didn't. Even, I mean, shit, we didn't even get into it. But like, those were like two games that I was at. You know, and uh, yeah. I was lucky enough to be at. And I think as fans, there's so many Saints fans. Like, we have a fan base that has stuck with this team for so long. Like, we don't have in and out fans. We don't have fly by night. I've been no. having gone to college in Georgia, an hour away from Atlanta. I can tell you that the Atlanta Falcons fans. At least there are some Falcons fans who have been Falcons fans for a long time. But there are very yeah. few, very, yeah. very few. Mm. And you can tell uh, the vast majority of them. It's just such a corporate city, you know, and I just felt mm. bad for I would tell when I got to college in 2004, uh, you know, because people asked about like Katrina and stuff like that. And, you know, Katrina hit when I was a sophomore in college. So. I was in Athens, Georgia, when Katrina hit. And so when I get there, when I got there the year before, the Saints were in like the end of the Hassled era. And everybody knew us from New Orleans and everybody from Georgia was like, oh, so you're Cajun. Like, no, I'm no, I'm I'm from this city. Yeah. Well, the, the New Orleans is Cajun, right? I'm like, it isn't. I'm, I'm clear, I'm clearly Creole. I'm like, yeah. I was like, if you need to put an adjective, it'd be Creole. They're like, oh, like shrimp Creole. I'm like, Jesus, who am I? Oh, God. You know, and uh, it, it, but the thing was, like, I said, yeah, but I'm a big Saints fan. They're like, you still root for that team? Like, don't they suck? And I'm like, uh, yeah, unfortunately, they do, but I'm still going to root for them. And I was like, I, I don't have to worry about you. I was like, and I guess I got to worry about you all being Falcons fans. And these kids who, yeah. like, grew up in Atlanta were just like, we don't give a shit about the Falcons. We're Braves fans. We're Georgia football yeah. fans. And it's just like, I'm like, wait, how are y'all not Falcons fans? Y'all grew up here. They're like, Falcons, like, you know, I mean, yeah, Mike Vick is cool and everything, but like, it's the NFL. I was like, yeah, exactly. It's the NFL. Like, that's your team. And it just, there's, there's different cities uh, just don't have the same concept of an NFL no, team. They, they operate, place. they operate differently, don't they? It was like, you, you sort of touch on with your, um, your dad and your granddad, but it's saying for a lot of people in the city, it's, you're sort of born into it 
it, it's yeah, not it's, yeah, it's not something forget, you decide about it's you're born into it because yeah. your parents supported their their parents supported it and and that and yet again we touch on it time and time again on the pod is that the affinity with the city and the saints like obviously post katrina you can obviously see that but even pre katrina it was um if you're born there you're a saints fan i mean it, it's it's very rare that you find somebody who's born there who's not a saints fan um, yeah wine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who who was and then changed? Yeah, but, yeah. They, I was yeah, gonna yeah. say on the Lenta and Charlotte, they're both. <coughs> I've worked in Charlotte. They're both transplant cities. Massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, the the Atlanta games. Yeah, and I've thankfully I've never been to a Falcons game that did where the Saints weren't playing in the in the Georgia Dome. I still haven't been to their mm-hmm. new stadium, but um. Uh, yeah, it's I heard, I heard you know you hear stories about people getting excited or like that the the Cincinnati game was always a big one in Atlanta because like there's some like apparently a big transfer of people from up north to Atlanta and vice versa yeah. you know but it's um uh, but it, but I will say this about like when I was up there um it something about having gone to college up there uh Katrina hitting when I was up there are the Saints biggest rival being from an hour away from where I'd, you know, spent four years of my life. Uh, it was, you know, this was, and this would be one of the memories of talking about my grandfather. Cause I think, you know, I, I could start my own podcast probably just about him. And, yeah. uh, and, and one of the memories I always, <laughs> yeah. one of the memories I always have uh, from the Saints from him, it was just one of these perfect, culmination type memories you know because uh he almost didn't evacuate for katrina uh and he lived in the lakeview area which uh their neighborhood was safe uh which is the he he, his house was down the street from from my house and our neighborhood was close to lake pontchartrain and if you think of the city as a bowl lake pontchartrain at the north Mm -hmm. river to the south the high points of the city are the river and the lake it's lower in the middle so when I went to my house for the first time, the water, there was a watermark across the entire city. So I went to, to back to the city, like three weeks after the storm and, uh, Lakeview itself, which is the neighborhood immediately adjacent to mine had watermarks 10 feet up on all the houses, just cause the water sat there and was toxic and it left a, a little stain on the facades of every house. And I'm like, well, great. My house is absolutely going to be, have been underwater everything i had as a kid like 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 these things i showed you on video yeah 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 is all going to be washed out yeah, and, 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 yeah. and soaked so i get to where my house is and i'm like <clears throat> the water lines seem to be going down this is interesting you never know about your own topography until uh, the de facto science experiment happens and an entire lake mm-hmm. empties out into your city right. so the water line was present on my parents property but it was in the front lawn where from halfway up the lawn, the grass was dormant and halfway up, it was lush, lush green, meaning the waters from Katrina had stopped on my parents' front lawn. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. I mean, so you talk about like, people always use privilege as a bad word. People always use, you know, luck. And it's like, just be blessed. 
be if if you have privilege that you lived in a neighborhood where maybe the water stopped or you just got lucky, just embrace it, you know, because and that's why I'll never take things like I show you all on this podcast for granted. I'll never not tell anybody that I have an original season a, a ticket at the expense of like, oh, look at you, fancy pants. It's like my grandpa was what he was. I mean, he he got himself into a great position, but like um, <clears throat> this stuff's amazing. It's history. Like we're, we're going to share it. And so yeah. when I was a sophomore in college, uh, I mean, a junior in college, Katrina had already hit. We were lucky enough to continue to have the Saints when it looked like they were going to leave. And then we they scheduled the dome the dome coming for that Monday night, and my classes on Monday ended at like one twenty five p.m. Uh, my junior year, and uh, I told my grandpa I'm like, hey, because he always just when we went to the game, it was him, my grandma, me, and my brother in four seats that he had. Yeah. And when I was away at college, it was you know my uncles would go, or, but with the, with the game, I was like, hey, Papa, um, is uh, could be all right if I use the ticket like usual. And he's yeah. like. Uh, well, no, it's not okay because you are in college in Georgia and the game's in New Orleans. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, but I, I was like, but I, I mean, he was very studious, like, uh, devout yeah, it, Catholic, just this disciplinarian. And I'm like, well, no, that, but, but that almost, sorry, Corey, was that almost like, um, well, you're, you're not going to be studying if you exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. He's like, son, <laughs> you know, he did something like, you're I'm not going to allow the fact that I have a football ticket for you be the reason that you yeah. skip out on Stop your studies. Studying. Yeah. You know, I need you to be there studying. Um, I'm not going to contribute to you not doing that. And I said, all right, well, what if I told you this? I can leave class at 2.15 on Monday, make it to Hartsfield-Jackson Airport by in time to make a 5 p.m. flight that, because of the time difference, lands in New Orleans at 5.30 p.m. And if mom picks me up from the airport and drives me straight to the dome, <laughs> I can make it to the game. <laughs> and then there's a flight out on Tuesday morning that gets me back to Athens, Atlanta, then Athens, before my first class starts. What if I told you I yeah. don't have to miss a single class and I can go to the game? And I think he, realizing that, like, He's like, so you don't have any tests or anything? He's like, no, they're just, they're just classes. And he's like, are you sure you're? He's, he's like, if I will know if you miss a class. I was like, I'm yeah. not missing a class. And he's like, all right, then you promise me that ticket's yours. And so that was what happened. Oh wow! Had the ticket, got to Atlanta, screamed over to the dome, watched the you know, and uh, watched the game. It, we all know what happened with the the yeah. Gleason kick and block punt and uh and then immediately the next morning when she right back didn't miss a single class was everyone um, no one no one that knew me they couldn't believe that i was actually there they were like did you see that game in new orleans yeah. last night i was like yeah i was there they're like oh yeah. we saw you can, yesterday i was like you know can we as um obviously uk fans who maybe watch that and sort of reveled in the fact that it was a remarkable experience um was it yeah. that remarkable did you find you did oh. you find it as a a young yeah. man that that much of a remarkable experience it was one of the prime memories of my entire life um yeah. because for me it was like 
it's just so many different levels, you know, because it's like there's my grandfather who now, since he's been, you know, passed away nine years ago, um, yeah. it's like I have that memory with him. Uh, I, the dome is one of those things where, you know, you, everybody has these places that are like their second home, uh, mm. a place that's not your own home that you grew up in, that you, for some unidentifiable reason, feel almost as comfortable in as your own home. Cause you've been there that many times. The dome was that yeah. for me. Cause we had been there every year since I was two and a half years old and eight games per season or 10, if you're including the preseason and, and just walking in as a kid and, and getting a year older from the time I could literally form memories to like this day, it's like every time I walk and it was the same section, the same seats and, and every fall starting in August or September, walking into that building, it just the same view, the same spot, the same people. It just was this level of familiarity. And then being 21 years, 20 years old and seeing something like Hurricane Katrina happen and, and seeing pictures of that place that you know is the next closest thing to your second home, just rip, literally ripped apart people uh, dying inside of it. Uh, the worst possible humanity disaster you could imagine. It, it just puts you in a really weird, dark place that like maybe this place is never coming back. And, uh, and, and it's something you see, you know, like I got passed by it on my way to work every single day. So, you know, y'all talk about the way you see it. And again, like it, I wish I knew that feeling, but I also wish, also don't wish that I didn't know what it was like to have the moments that I've had in it. And so like, mm. I see it every day on the way to work. It's something commonplace, but to see something you just take for granted being something where you're like, I mean, we might not even get like the football team back. back. Yeah. They might demolish the thing. Like yeah. all these different mm. thoughts go through your head. And then when you realize, you know, after the storm that it's coming back and that, that natural New Orleanian, like saints fan, like us against the world mentality, nothing can stop us feeling just started kicking in. And you're mm -hmm. like, we're, we're coming back. We're fucking coming back. Like we're going, yeah. here we go. And, and the, everyone was just so hype in that building. There was just like an energy uh, you know, like I said, there's those times when you can just tell the collective energy that you can tell that everybody in that building just wants the same thing without even having to speak to each other. And it was, it was like on that level. And when Gleason blocked that punt, cause the Falcons were a good team coming in, you know, and we, yeah, yeah. people forget yeah. about the X's and O's of that game. Like yeah. it was going in, we didn't know we had, <laughs> you know, Sean Payton's third game. Uh, we looked at yeah. like, kind of like you know, not spectacular in the first two games and, and the Falcons were really good uh, yeah. or just a lot of talent. And so we knew it was going to be a really tough game and people were like, Oh, the saints, it's a nice story, but they're probably not going to win, but we hope they do hurricane Katrina. You know, the rest of the world was like hurricane Katrina. Oh, yada, yada. And, but, but I, and, and you everybody just knew it was a more important but, thing. But also at the time know? there, Michael Vick, who was yes. just like, it, it, it was like the second coming of Christ, almost it, from a <laughs> yeah. QB point yeah. of view, wasn't it? It was. It yeah. was like it was. I mean, it was. He was doing things. That, view. Yeah, yeah. He was doing he things I've never been seen before. Said <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah. we plenty and, of false stones, there'll be plenty more. Yeah, and so I'll put it this way: like when Gleason blocked that punt, um, it was the first time in a game. You know, my grandfather was. Uh, 
he would have been 76 that year, mm. uh, sitting next to me from my brother to the other side of me. And he was a pretty heavy set individual, got harder and harder for him to like physically get up and down the stairs of the stadium. Yeah. 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 Um, man loved to eat, went to lunch every day. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I but, like my man, like my man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one of his best friends was, uh, from high school was moon Landrew, who was former mayor of new Orleans. And, and he'd always get a lunch with moon and, and this uh, lawyer ended up being Ju chief justice, Louisiana Supreme court, Pascal Calgaro. And they always had these like buddy, buddy power lunches and, and eating too much and stuff. And so, you know, but it's like, it was the first game where I ever like physically shook my grandfather. Cause you know, we, yeah, we're like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're buddies, but it was like, he was yeah. an old man. So whatever, like, it, I wasn't going like, yeah, yeah. to like, you know, chest bump him or anything, yeah. but it was like, we were just so hyped that I just, we couldn't believe it. I just like, grabbed his shoulder. It was just like, ah, you know, and, yeah. and everybody was going nuts. Uh, yeah. It, you know, the, it was, yeah. I mean, the, uh, there's no words really. It was in from there on, you just knew like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to cross this team. <laughs> I mean, I've watched the rebirth documentary and I've, I've, I've cried watching it, and I'm not even from New Orleans. Yeah. Like, yeah, just get so caught up in the emotion of it. Yeah, it, and, it, and it yeah. just was a natural progression from there to the the Hartley kick. Um, mm. I mean, natural progression. A lot of a lot of turmoil happened between that, but just the only next uh, best thing was was the NFC Championship and being there in the same seats uh, when that kick went through. My grandfather wasn't physically able that point um to be in the seat yeah because it was just too hard for him to get in the stadium but my uncle who was uh who has also since uh, left this earth he was with me in that game uh next to me and uh i remember calling there's a great photo of me calling my grandfather on the phone in the seats and it's it's like me on the you can see me holding my ear and just yeah. like you know wanting him to experience it it wasn't, I don't think we had the FaceTime back then necessarily, but um, it's just that, it's, that it's place. Like, sorry, can, can I, can I, it's probably a, I'd say it's probably a personal thing. And I, I think it is a personal thing. It's like um, the fact that you had those opportunities to have those moments with grandparents and uncles and people that you loved. Um like in a in a weird way that breaks my heart for me because i never had that my, my you know we, we've spoken about it on previous pods especially with jessica about um where my like both my parents were alcoholic and i didn't mm. have those opportunities to have that type of opportunity with family members and when I listen to somebody like you, where you've had those moments and they're heartfelt and they're beautiful and, you know, regardless of whether it was, you know, the rebirth or whatever it was, you've just had those opportunities. And I, I, I'm quite in a, in a weird way, I'm quite jealous. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. But I see that. I'm jealous, but in a good way, because I, I just think to myself, just like, just like sort of remember those like for you yeah. which i know you yeah. do remember yeah, and... those with the heartfelt energy that you do 
yeah. because they're beautiful. They're beautiful moments. And I would say that to anybody else out there who ever listens to this fucking pod. If you get the opportunity <laughs> to have those opportunities to, yeah. to share those moments with people you love, then fucking enjoy them. Really yeah. enjoy them. You know? Don't ever be and, too cool for them. You know, no, just enjoy them, embrace them, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's okay it's like, to, uh, yeah. It's okay to enjoy them. It's okay to talk about them. It's okay to Yeah, it's okay to enjoy to be, them. It's okay to be, to be emotional corny. about them. Yeah. 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 It's no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. And sorry I brought you down a little bit there, but um, No, no, but it's, yeah, you bring up a good point because I, yeah. I try to reinforce with people um because I never want to be, you know. I understand if 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 I ever do come across or be misinterpreted the wrong way because you know there we we I've grown up and been surrounded with a lot of people who or guys uh who have a lot of advantages in life if they grow up like me in New Orleans or in the American South uh as a white male with middle class to upper class income family they they have access to things that a lot of people who are from new orleans don't and i think a lot of i think it's very it's inexcusable but i think a lot of guys like that take it for granted and i think mm. you know in terms of living in a city like this being from a city like this and if you're somebody who has been blessed and has had the yeah and it's okay to call it what it is to have the privilege grow up with it you know then 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 acknowledge it and do something with it. Like, like you don't have to shy away from it. You know, you, you can acknowledge that you grew up with like lucky to have certain opportunities, but you're not just keeping them to yourself. You're not mm. just flaunting them. You're not just bragging about them. You're not just waving them in somebody's face. You're sharing them with people. Maybe you're bringing joy to somebody who wants to hear about it. Or maybe you're taking time out of your day because you can and you don't have to be making money on the hour working two jobs to go like help somebody out or go volunteer somewhere. And it's like it just brings up to me an important point, which is something we always have to confront in the city of New Orleans when you're somebody who grew up here that you you it's just like the Saints are a team and we're all Saints fans. This city is kind of yeah. a team, you know, and, and, and some yeah. people either decide they're on the team and or some people just say i live here i don't want to put up with the bad i just want to focus on the good it's like well that's fine but you're 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 just yeah living a lie at that point because i think yeah you know, i was gonna say invariably when i see people get into it on like social media normally those saints fans who are dismissive and condescending they're not from new orleans they're from somewhere yeah. else in the south uh, and they don't they don't necessarily recognize the community that's in the city. Yeah. Um, it's just all about playing it forward, isn't it? And just looking out for people yeah. around you and supporting them. It's like, yeah, if yeah you're, you make a good point, recognize what you've got. Yeah. But also make sure you, you, you share with others to, to try and bring yeah. them up. It's as well. Cause I, yeah, I just, I recognize that like the opportunities that I've had, the games that I've been to the memories that I've been able to have, like, cause like Mike brings up, it's don't, you know, you share it with the, with the cog with but no, but with the cognizance yeah. that like someone there's always someone in a different situation, you know, mm -hmm. and 
so it's just always good. It, it keeps it in perspective, you know, like the same guy who I went to all the games with was the same guy who, you know, I mean, I talk about it. Like, I mean, my, my dad was very present and like I learned a lot from my own father, but yeah. you know, my grandfather treated me, my brother, his grandsons just with uh, yeah. you know, like we're princes or something. And, but he's also the same guy that just always told me like, Hey, it's, it's just, there's a lot of people that are just ugly and mean in this world. It's always yeah. easier just to be nice. It's just easier yeah. to be nice. It doesn't just, cost a thing to be nice. It doesn't cost yeah. a thing and, to be nice. You know, so it's just that whole mentality. And so you, but you also, so it's easier to, to just recognize, like, have these amazing opportunities as a Saints fan. So if you speak with anyone who maybe has not had that opportunity, and if you ever have an opportunity to, like, give away a ticket or bring them to your tailgate or just buy them a beer before a game, just whatever it may be, any small gesture. It, it's yeah, the little things pass it, you know, also, pass it pass it down Corey on that one um i think myself and dan will probably agree um it doesn't matter about like it it's not about privilege it's not about this it's just about the experience myself and dan are very jealous that you've had those experiences that's <laughs> as simple as it gets i try about um, where you're from who you yeah. are what you do me and Dan yeah, haven't had something the experiences that's like, that you have, and and we're jealous as fuck. I can assure yeah, you. Well, um, I I try to share them with with guys like you to to get, or guys that are from the UK who are so enthusiastic yeah. about the Saints again because I love it, and yeah. it's it's the closest I can get y'all to the action. Like if I can get y'all mm. as close to where my eyeballs were in that moment, damn it, I'm gonna try to do it. Um, yeah. And that's why but, but, that's why we have people on like yourself, Corey and Max and, and things from yeah. the US because we want to it's not just about our community outside of the US, it's about sharing with our community outside of the US those experiences that our friends in the US have been able to experience. And I can anyone who's listening to this now who isn't watching on YouTube, I can tell you that I can see in Corey's eyes the amount of gratitude he's got for the, the fact that he's yeah. experienced <laughs> those things. Um, yeah. and I love hearing it. I love yeah. hearing stories. I will sit and listen to anyone talk to me about New Orleans. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter yeah. what it is. You could tell me about taking a yeah. shit in the worst toilet in the French Quarter. <laughs> I'll listen. And oh, oh sorry, they are Should I just put out me and Dan? Me and Dan are gonna do it when we're over there in November. We're gonna do a special episode about fucking toilets in New Orleans. We're gonna record I'll, I'll, hey. it. We're gonna I'll record it. Whatever. We're gonna we're gonna post it. <laughs> yeah. This Mike, there'll be plenty of videos of Mike having a pony. Like, don't like this one. <laughs> a bit cold. Oh yeah. Y'all should find a bathroom in the quarter that where like the stall doesn't go all the way up to the ceiling. That and you, just there record is, it there is on no stall. Yeah. Just sit. Y'all each pick a happens. stall. <laughs> well, the acoustics will let your your voices pick up on the mics, right? No, so, that, 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 um, Dan's favorite, Dan's favorite is always when we go into the quarter for a drink, when we go to yeah. the Aaron Rose, Dan was like, what the fuck is this toilet? It's like... There's no fucking it's lock on the door. The it's one toilet. You cannot have a shit. You cannot have a shit in that bar. You cannot have a shit in that bar. Well... You, you have to put your leg up against the door. You can. You just have to be okay with, like, people seeing you take yeah, shit. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think that might be a really good point to maybe end the pod. 
Yeah. Is it because it's is it because it's deuces or because it's you know? Um, now, nah, yeah, I mean, Look, but now, nah, but, it, but I'll it's just say broadly, having a shit in America traumatizes me, no matter where I am, because you've yeah. got those gaps in the doors that are like that, and just see an eyeball like, is anyone in there? Is that, yeah, I'm in here. Yeah, wiping uh, my ass. <laughs> whenever I go, whenever I go to the city, I've got a little map of the toilets <laughs> that I can use. I, I I've got it. I, it's an exclusive map. The only other person that knows it is Alex, our friend from the UK. <laughs> I've got an exclusive map of the toilets that I can use. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So, hey, that's life. That's that's hey, who we are. It's, hey, let, you live and learn. It right. It, you know they they don't say the city has charm for nothing. You know. No, but oh, good good thing now, Dan. After this pod, is that we know we can use Corey's house. To have a crack yes. in. I, I mean, to be to be fair, I will. I will give. I did, I did, my... go, I did Google it after Corey gave me his address to get my t-shirt sent to. I was like, "Oh, that's a nice place." I yeah. called my yeah. wife and I was Just... like, "What do you think? This, this is a nice house. What do you think of this? We could live somewhere like this." Yeah. yeah. Um, if I'll I'll give Lizzie fair warning that look, if uh, if a guy named Dan or Mike shows up, uh, <laughs> and they want a pony, we call it a pony. And and if they, are, are you probably have ask... no idea why we called it a pony either. They ask you a question that you don't understand. Just let them in, because it means they have to take a shit. <laughs> so let, let, let's let, let, let us pass some some knowledge on. So we call it a pony. So yeah. it's cockney yeah. rhyme in slang for pony and trap. We try to we try to crap. So that's right. why we call but it hey. a pony. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm picking up. <laughs> I, you know, listen to y'all's pod. There's a few that I've I've picked up on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So there, like you know, I think um, I think now we've descended into the um, toilet infrastructure of New Orleans. We we should probably bring the prod to an one end, in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're what, still it? if you're still oh, listening no, at this no, point, no. then wait, know. wait, wait, Dan. It's quarter to two in the morning in the UK. Oh, fucking hell, it's quarter to two. Shit, it's one more time. Uh, yet again, personally, thank you, mate. Thank no, you th- for coming th- on. Thank, thank you y'all. also for talking so personally about your family, which was um, was beautiful, really revealing to us. Yeah, Obviously, well, we're going to see you. We're going to we're going to be over in uh, November. We're going to see you. We're going to see all the guys. Um, let's yeah. make sure we um, hammer a date down. So have a couple of drinks when we're over there. Yep, absolutely. Well, we'll it was a, truly my pleasure, guys. Yeah. Um, I love y'all's pod. I think y'all are doing amazing things uh, for you know just general podcast storytelling, but also uh, for the Saints community. Uh, like I said, y'all know my history now, fully yeah. growing up with it. And as a lifelong Saints fan and guy from New Orleans, it's truly touching that y'all are able to just uh, you know get get right there in it and uh, get some great stories and, and expose guys like me who are from here to just how big this Saints community, these people who appreciate New Orleans are. It's amazing. Yeah. So thank thank you all. It's been an honor to be on here. No, thank, you, thank you, mate. Really do appreciate coming on. Cannot wait to see you, buy you a drink. Yeah. Take your yeah. hand and give you a Literally less hug. than two weeks away, my friend. Crazy. Crazy. We'll see you there <laughs> for a for a, a 15 point down in one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Corey, you up down in that, one. <laughs> I'm not 15 hey, yeah, yeah, minutes, mate. I'll have jet lag. 
<laughs> hey, it, it's my city, but I'm just along for the ride when y'all show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, take care, Corey. Okay, lovely, guys. Lovely talking Cheers, to you, mate. my friend. Great time. Take Bye. care, Will. See you. See you. Bye.